Today's sponsor is Audible.com, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Cars 3. I'm going to guess that it's high octane. Vroom, 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 beep, 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 beep. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, good morning! Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, extra spoilers this week, and then jump back into other film movie topics. This is episode 288-288. Why would we have extra spoilers this week? Because we're talking Cars 3. Oh, Sure. There's spoilers. 288. Hey, we're we're getting close to 290. <laughs> we are. Yes, we're talking. We're talking Cars 3. That's the episode which you know cars have spoilers. That's the, that's the thing. Oh, but I'm, I feel like a fool for not getting that right away. Well, you can edit that how you like. And here we nope. are. <laughs> we get all in. The foolishness stays. Oh, good. Because that's how we like it. We like the we like to keep it foolish on our podcast, especially when we talk about things like Cars Three. Uh, but we'll get into that and more. Because joining us today to talk Cars Three, we have from the Endor Express. He's lapped the competition and ready to get her done. It's David. Yeah. Dad gum, dad gum. <laughs> <laughs> David, how are you doing today? I'm well. How are you? Doing well. Glad to have you back. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. Glad we're, we're sticking with our David gets on for these Pixar movies tradition. This is uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> That's a fine tradition to be with. The but only no, way to do it. But yeah, I, I think this this will be fun because I Car Abe and I are famously known for being among the few that really like Cars two and even more so than the original. But David, I think you're actually in that exclusive club with us. I'm I don't like it more than the original Cars, but I do like it. I think it's fine. It's just I, I you know it's. I think a lot of people are unfairly judging it before they, like right when the movie starts, they're already going like, I don't want to see this. And then it kind of taints their whole experience. And obviously, while this is not a Cars 2 podcast, you can go back way into the archive. I don't even think you can get this episode anymore, but this was one of the first episodes that Abe and I did. <laughs> it's like in the, probably, it's 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 in the teens, I know that, because it was June, and episode 20 was Captain America 2011, so yeah, it's like probably like episode like 13 or something like that but yeah yeah we that that's one of the early ones so it's neat to now we have a sequel to cars of all things to talk about this week uh but yeah we're gonna we're gonna get to all that and more um uh but yeah basically we're coming off we weren't necessarily not looking forward to cars 3 because cars 2 didn't exactly not deliver for us at the time right (laughs) sure Clearly fine like, memories. It was, it was a convoluted way of saying, you know what, it, Cars 2 was all right, but, uh, you know, didn't really need Cars 3. Well, well, we'll get there. We'll see We'll see what we think about the movie as we go along. But let's uh, get to some show notes stuff real quick. First up, it's June. We have yet to release our new commentary, mainly because we haven't recorded it yet. But, yes, we do have a new commentary coming. Um, it will be in honor of the 20th anniversary of Batman and Robin. Um, so yeah, get prepared for that. If you need to, we are going to be recording a commentary track probably this week for Batman and Robin. Um, so yeah, there's that. Um, what else? <laughs> um, we have a, we have a new Knights episode up. Knights. Yes. Uh, we like to record our special bonuses and particularly our Knights episodes. Um, and this week or this, this month or whatever the, for our 13th Knights episode. 
we talked uh, it comes at night uh, with uh, with uh, professor mike dylan that was a lot of fun we get all into that movie especially because of how much of a conversation starter that film really is um so if you like it or hate it i think there's a lot to t- discuss when it comes to it comes at night which is currently in theaters and i certainly recommend but yeah check out that episode it does go full spoilers for the most part on it as far as dissecting the movie oh, yeah, so uh, you know be weary of that but yeah it was a good conversation we had on that one um, let's see i'll do the i'll do that last so uh, let's see uh our contest we have had a banner contest up it's pretty evergreen right now as far as uh, when you can apply but you know it'd be nice to get something sooner rather than later uh we're looking to get a new kind of summary uh facebook page banner something that says out now there and a name on it that kind of has an image of some kind that reflects the you know the theme of the show the summer movie season what have you nothing explicit obviously um <laughs> But yeah, that'd be great to get. And anyone that does send in a banner that we choose to pick on our, our Facebook page, which will be awesome in general, just to have a cool new Facebook banner, uh, we'll send a prize to. Uh, we have to limit said prize, because I have to say this out loud, <laughs> to uh, um, to America as far as shipping a prize. But even if there are people that are across the seas that want to send us a Facebook banner, that'd be awesome, because, you know, it'd be cool to get something. We'll, we'll figure out some way to thank them. Oh, for sure. Yeah, well, you wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't I mean, go without a... Yeah, yeah. yeah, there, would, there yeah. wouldn't be no prize. There would be no prize that involves heinous shipping costs. So... Yeah, we'll, we'll figure that out. Um, also, iTunes reviews and ratings. Good to get those. Helps out the show. Helps other people find the show. If you want to log into iTunes, search for Out Now There and Abe. Uh, please do. And you can give us a star rating and uh, even a written review. That'd be cool, too. Thank you very much. And uh, last thing here. Well, also, episode 300. It's coming. Come. <laughs> I think we've been teasing it for like a month now. I mean, it's just an audible reminder for us that we need to talk about episode 300. Audible, our podcast sponsor? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, all, last thing here. Um, the box office gamble uh, update. Uh, it is fun to do these every week because Abe and I, along with uh, 10 other regular guests on the show, are currently locked in a battle of who's going to pre- oh boy. get the closest to predicting the top 10 films of the summer. And uh, Cars 3 opened big this weekend, $53 million. Um, that's large. It's a Pixar film. They tend to have legs, so it's you know it's, it may not be a hundred million dollar opening gross, but it's going to stick around for a while, even with Despicable Me three coming. Um, so you know that's going to make some money. Um, also, not that I think the legs are going to be super strong, but All Eyes on Me, the Tupac documentary or not documentary, Tupac uh, biopic, uh, opened right. to twenty seven million. I think that's going to be very front loaded. I think that'll be have a pretty big drop off next week. But you know there is an audience for that movie, even though it wasn't all that well reviewed. And while I don't think it's going to be in the you know the top ten, certainly a sizable opening for a film like that. It's a smaller did scale. You, did you watch it? I didn't watch it. No, I. Okay. As a friend okay. of show Scott Mendelson told us, um, it's not good, but also the kind of good that I don't like, where it's supposed to be very kind of a Wikipedia movie, where it's yeah just yeah, yeah where you can just kind of read all the facts without going any deeper on it, which is a shame because I. Tupac is a, a figure who certainly has a lot of interesting dimensions to him as far as what he was going for in his his life's work before he you know died so early on. Uh, that's yeah. it. I did watch Juice, <laughs> which twenty fifth anniversary, right? Yeah, twenty fifth anniversary Blu Ray came out, and I'll get back to that when we get the quickies. Okay, Tim. Thank you. Uh, but also, what else is happening? Uh, the Mummy big drop off in its second weekend, uh, once again showing that it's not going to do very well domestically. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, 150 right now still pretty good for possibly in the in the you know the the lower part of the top 10 which i think is where some of us have it i know abe you and marcus are not in the same league don't want to talk about it okay fair (laughs) enough um another entry that some people had in their top 10 some people had as a um a dark horse is rough night the scarlett johansson starring uh uh r-rated comedy that opened in seventh place this weekend with eight million uh not high 
not high for that one. Not high at all. Yeah, that's a uh, that's pretty much dead on arrival as far as being in the the, the top ten. Well, I mean, if somebody chose it as a dark horse, perhaps it might have legs, but it's not going to eight million dollars. That's not going to have legs to get it to you know suddenly be in the top ten by the end of the summer. Like it's uh, that, that would that's... that would not bode well. Um, what is boding well, though, for people that have Wonder Woman fairly high, Wonder Woman is making a ton of money. Like, the kind of money that it, it's, it, it, it could possibly be number one of the summer. It's challenging <laughs> Guardian. Yes, which all of us except Marcus have as our number one. Um, it made another $40 million in its third weekend. Very small drop. It's up to 274 right now for, for, for reference. Guardians Volume 2 is at 374 um, Obviously, that's been out for you know over a month. Uh, Wonder Woman's three weeks in and is making... A pretty good run at having a lot of money by the end of its run, for as far as the summer gamble goes. So yeah, that's a good summer, you know, stripped down summer movie update right there. Uh, Thank you for that. A lot of things are happening. It's just fun to keep it updated because we have a a lot riding on this. We have nothing riding on this. I'm kidding about that, but still, it's fun to do. So it'll be <laughs> we need to see as the weeks go on because there's a lot of big movies coming out, such as next week's movie, which is Transformers. We have no idea how that's going to do. Um, it's going to either be really huge or moderately huge, but still, okay. It's, it's probably going to be moderately huge. Yeah. Let's uh, let's get back to other things now. That's that's some show notes. Let's get to know everybody. We each we ask each other a question or two, try to set the tone for the podcast. You better get to know everybody. everybody. All right. That was good. I thought that was, that good. was good. Yeah. Abe, hey, you have a question? I do have a question. Did you want to ask David a question, or do I do? Yeah, let me. A... Sorry. I mean, actually, by the way, I just recorded an episode of the Lambcast, which is hosted by friend of the show Jay, uh, Jay Cluett. Um, he answered the question in advance because he <laughs> he wanted to. He said he already knew. Yeah, he already knew. But David, I'm going to ask you this question first, so it's not mysterious what I'm talking about. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two soundtrack or Volume One soundtrack? Which do you like more? Volume One. Point for me. So you're you're in the Volume One camp. Yeah, I, I mean, I love both, but I... Yeah, it's think, it's uh, splitting hairs, as we've generally established. Yeah, yeah. It's not, like, too much of a difference, but yeah. It's... But yeah, I think the Volume 1, like, hit me a little... Uh, the Volume 2 soundtrack is more... Like, the songs aren't... They feel like they're just there because of the story, and they were chosen that way, so they're not as... The Volume 1 felt more, like, random, but supportive. And this one is, like, almost too specific to the story, which I, I is cool, but... Uh, the the song choices were completely different than the style of you know you know what I mean I know what you mean yeah no, I, <laughs> I, I know what you mean I think that as we because yeah. we've done this David we've done this every week on the podcast basically since May at this point uh, since the movie came out so it's been it's just been fun to kind of gather the as a running question joke it's been neat to see the the different reactions that people have had I will say that sure a- Abe is in Volume One camp I'm in the Volume Two camp Jay who I mentioned just now he's in the Volume Two camp as well he's on he's on my side of things. But yeah, Ooh. <laughs> with, that, with all that being said, though, we we basically always boil it down to we like both of them. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like you know they they both fit for the story that they're telling. It's the least controversial challenge we've made on this podcast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my preferred vol uh, like awesome mix would be combination of one and two. Mm-hmm. There you go. So it'll be really interesting when volume three happens. Oh, uh oh. Then, Are they moving into the '90s finally? That's, <laughs> I doubt it. Well, but he's got a he's got a Zune. He could go into anything. That's true. Zunes are really powerful, guys. So yeah, that's true. He has like 300 yeah. songs he could use. So. The only problem is he can't update it. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be a, a firmware update now that the 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 popularity of Zunes skyrocketed it's in the past back, month. Yeah. It comes back. Yeah, I mean, I he can't charge it either. Yeah, he can't charge that's, it either. That's a good so. point. Yeah. He could. Ch- well, then again, if they, how did he get batteries? 
it, they have there's, ba- there's batteries in space. They have there's interstellar batteries. travel. They can surely create a device that can charge a Zune. I don't think that's that hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> all right. Well, they, they, they needed they need an adapter. Is what they yeah. They need yeah they need to go to the Radio Shack. Except they're out of business now. Space Radio Shack is still okay. Space Radio Shack. Yeah, the stocks are super high with Space Radio Shack. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I got a question for you guys. Yep. Okay. Do you have a favorite Easter egg among all these Pixar movies? Um, I like seeing the A113. Um, I, I like, like the Pizza Planet truck. That was my Me other, too. Yeah, that was my go-to. Yeah, Pizza Planet is like my favorite. I, I, I like. It's not like a specific one. It's more just like I like. I, I just like catching them in general. I like when they're very clever. When I when it, you get that eureka moment, we're like, oh, that's fun. Like that's a thing. Yeah. Like it's that's it's less of a. Like, oh, there's, like, Sully or something, which never happens. But, like, more of, like, a, hey, it's just fun to make that discovery. Um, You've seen Sully as a rug or a bathroom mat, but... Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. Not really yeah, has yeah. anything else. I, I can't think of one that's been, like, ostensibly, like, just, like, obviously my favorite one. I'm trying to think of something that makes a whole bunch of sense, but... No, yeah. I love the Pizza Planet truck, just like what you guys noted, yeah. because uh, it's just very clever, though, that they put it in. Except in Cars movies, because, like, of course it's there. That just makes sense. It's there, but I only saw the Pizza Planet, Planet logo blimp rocket ship in Cars Three. But anyway, I guess I like when the like the Dinoco that like you see the dinosaur where it's yeah. it just like it's inevitable that the good dinosaur. It's like oh that makes sense. They've had this brand of gas or whatever for like the past several movies. Like okay. I didn't even put that together. <laughs> the good dinosaur or Dinoco? What? Well, just the... Arlo. Yeah, Arlo is gas now. He's dead. Oh, he's, he's fuel. <laughs> the only talking dinosaur is now gasoline and fossil fuel. Cut to Robin Williams dinosaur rap, and this is out fire. Okay, moving on. <laughs> I have a question for you guys. Yeah. If you had a race car, if you were either a driver or you just owned a race car, what have you? What would be the number that you pick to put on the side of your car? Ooh, that's a interesting. <laughs> Sixty-nine. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I really didn't think of 51 until I saw this movie. What's 51? And, well, that's um, Hornet's number. Okay. But uh, I don't know. I really don't know, honestly. You have like a favorite number? With, uh... no? I guess I could do my birth year, 78. All right. Seventy-eight. Nothing wrong with that. I'm gonna go with thirteen. Is it unlucky? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't necessarily think so. I think it's just the number after twelve, just like Tom Hanks said in Apollo thirteen. <laughs> it's a good pull. I like that. <laughs> uh, mine would be Abe's social security number. Obviously, just be all those right there on the car. Zero 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 one 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 one. <laughs> uh, that'd be that'd be terrible if that actually was somebody's social security number and I just gave it away. If it starts with zeros, then yeah, it's that, that person's probably not alive anymore. So it's okay. they were the first person to be alive. <laughs> What's the, that joke with Mister Bird? It's like zero 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 two. And he like curses somebody. It's like ah, <laughs> beat me out. <laughs> All right, baseballs. Or it's space, the space balls number one two three four. One two three four. That's mine. That's crazy. That's mine. That's my matched luggage. 
One, two, three, four, five. That's what it is. Before you all write in your angry notes that I misquoted Spaceballs. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway. That's how you play. No, no everybody. everybody. All right. Let's move on now. Let's get out of these. Yep. Each weekend out now, we have a movie that I talk about. What was that movie that series? Yep. That's good. I ramped up. I ramped up on that one. Well, you enunciated everything. I enunciated it first, and I ramped. I sped up at the end. I crossed the finish line as a champ. I see what you're doing. You're trying to get to 214, but, you know, you tap out at 196. It happens sometimes. David. That's the Lady McQueen joke. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> yes. yes. David, have you seen any other movies recently? Well, The Mummy, but it. It, you know, I could have walked out like 30 minutes in and not felt like I missed anything. <laughs> <laughs> True words have never been said. That's but, how, that sounds like half our reactions. It. I didn't hate it. I just thought it was just um, it was just generic Hollywood action movie. That was it. It's true. But yeah, it's a Tom Cruise movie, not a mummy movie. I think that was the problem. That's also true. I thought it was just a bad movie. I think that was the problem. That was that was <laughs> that was my issue with it mainly. I mean, it wasn't not entertaining. I can't I can't take it away. Like, but uh, mm-hmm. I, just didn't, I just didn't care. I don't know. I didn't care because I wasn't very entertained by it. That's that's where I don't need to recap my thoughts on the movie. I get it though. I, I, I hear what you're saying. It was it was just like it just it's just there. It's just kind of yeah. there. Yeah. Which is yeah. It's unfortunate. And, and I re, I revisited Cars two. Yeah. As well. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, people do that before they see uh, sequels to things that ignore that sequel. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so it was an interesting take on just what cars could do, and they didn't have to explain anything. We'll get into that. Sure. Uh, Abe, how about you? What have you seen recently? I watched All Eyes on Me. Oh, you did. <laughs> and that is. Uh, that's uh, that's some clown ass shit, man. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mince words here. I love Tupac. I love his music. Uh, I've been listening to it for years, decades now, because I'm old. And uh, I watched uh, a lot of his documentaries, including uh, Tupac Resurrection, and also what was the other one that was like I watched it on YouTube, like Thug Angel, I think. That's one. There's like and, there's like over ten Tupac documentaries, so it's like true. but Tupac the ones that matter. Tupac Resurrection. Tupac, Resurrection yeah. that was Oscar nominated like that's a legit great documentary. Resurrection is, is the best. I would tell you to watch that, but I this is just sure Wikipedia movie whatever else. But it, it's it it is almost the way that you know we watch a lot of movies, David, Aaron, and myself. So it's almost the way that those people spoof documentaries, and they they just it feels like Super Resurrection. I'm sorry. Not too, but that's a great that's a great documentary. All eyes on me. It feels like All Eyes on Me is one of those spoofs, and then it kind of gets maybe a little bit better because you kind of are just dealing with the character and you're in it for now. Um, the theater erupted in laughter a few times. I don't think it was intentional, um, and I watched it with like a, a fairly packed theater. And then the, what I'm trying to get at is the way that they describe the story is very very plain Jane, and it's very very. I think it's a disservice to Tupac, and I an example I'll give you guys is a, a voiceover narration by uh, Bill something. Anyway, short guy from Booger from uh, from. Uh, Wait, there's uh, more than one Booger. Yeah, there is. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> Hold on. 
Jesus Shuttlesworth with uh, Denzel Washington. What was he got movie? game? He got game. So Booger Booger from He Got Game is the interviewer for Tupac, and he'll go into things like, "Well, tell me how this all happened," and then it just literally goes into like 1978, and Tupac's mom is like there. She's just like screaming, um, which is totally fine because she's a strong female character and strong female woman. A Phoenix Corps just a dope woman. But Hill Harper, that's what you're thinking of? Hill uh, Harper, thank God. you. God, okay. <laughs> I was like, what's happening? Okay. <laughs> then you'll, you'll get into something like, oh, well, then tell me what happened next. Well, then the next thing happened is I went to this house party, and then you cut to a house party, and that's where I met so-and-so, and so-and-so says, hey, Tupac, you're really good at rapping. And then she's like, meet up with this guy. He's a producer. And then I met up with this producer, and then they cut to the producer and says, you're really good at rapping. And then it says, you should be signed by me. And then the next thing you see is probably Tupac signing this document. Okay, that's so, literally yeah, how the movie... it, yeah, that's... that's it's, how... it's, like, so re- ridiculous and on the point. Again, I would laugh at this if this wasn't a serious movie. This would be exactly the way that Aaron and I would make a mockumentary. Um, how long is this movie? But this movie is, like, two-plus hours. Oh, boy. Two hours in, like, eight. Okay. Um, and it literally is, like, beat for beat, things that you would read in Wikipedia... And I don't think that it really does a good job. I think Jada Pinkett has come out and said that she didn't she didn't agree that the movie should have put in scenes that were false. Like, she never got read this poem. She never got into this fight, and yada, yada. But For those that don't know, it, Jada Pinkett was, like, like best friends with Tupac. Like they, like, they grew up, they grew up together. Yeah. Right. And so um, it's, it's really uh, – I didn't think it was a good movie at all. Again, I thought it was a huge disservice to Tupac. And it, I was surprised that Afina Shakur was a producer on this. She kind of advocated for it before her passing, and it was kind of unfortunate that this movie is kind of just like straight trash. So if you watched it and you enjoyed it, great on you. But, it, I mean, you know, if you think about the legacy of Tupac, it's like, this is some bullshit. So I do th- anyway, I, I do, I do find that very unfortunate that it's not a good movie because I do think there's a lot to explore in the life of Tupac. That said, there's as you mentioned, there's many documentaries that do cover Tupac to a great right. degree. Um, but yeah, it made, you know, as I said, it made 27 million in its opening weekend. It has an A minus cinema score. I mean, there's, I think that comes more from just the enthusiasm people have for the idea of this existing more than the quality of it. And they're not inclined to be like, well, that sucked. They're just more like, Hey, they got a Tupac movie. That's great. Um, obviously it doesn't seem to be on the same level as straight out of Compton, which is an easy comparison. No, it's definitely not. It's I an, mean, straight out of Compton is like much more focused. It's an easy comparison to make. And it's not, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily call it lazy, but I mean, obviously there's something to appreciate about the success of Straight Outta Compton leading to a movie like this existing. And I am happy that it exists, but at the same time, yes, I, having not seen it, I can't completely say, but at the same time, I wish that there was a better movie that had come out and involving, you know, Tupac's life. And so that's a shame that didn't happen. That said, yeah. I like the idea that they, what, they got the kid that played Biggie in the Notorious movie. He's back for this movie. Yeah. Which, He's back for this movie. And they still have Suge Knight being, like, the Thanos of this Straight Outta Universe so I'm really hoping that they make a to create the, uh, they make that they make a Snoop the Tupac universe. Or they make a, like they make like a Snoop a Snoop Dogg Thor movie, and then they make a, a Guardians of the Wu Tang, and then you get an Avengers movie that has all of them together. It'll be great. I like that. <laughs> okay. Um, I've seen a few things, and I'll start okay. uh, pairing off what you said with Juice because um, I got to review the Blu-ray. Uh, Juice is a film from Ernest R. Dickerson, who was the cinematographer for Spike Lee on his first several films. By the way, can I can I mention something very quickly? Yeah, yeah. So in, in All Eyes of Me, they, they show Tupac making juice, right? And he says the line when he's, when, uh, who's the guy that closes the locker? The actor. Uh, Omar Epps. Yeah, Omar Epps closes the locker and Tupac's there. So they're, they're doing that scene. 
the way that you know that it's juice is because the director is there in a director's chair that says juice on it. <laughs> and then when, when they go to the premiere of the movie, he looks over at his eight or he looks over at his manager and his manager says, This is a hit. And he gives him like a fist bump in the theater. That's the that's the tone of all eyes on me. It's it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Well yeah, I was talking about juice. Um which uh, it's 1993 film celebrates its uh, 25th anniversary or 92. Um, I th- I haven't seen this movie in a long time, but it's still really good, and it shows just how good Tupac was as a screen presence. He's very he's a, he's he's essentially he comes like the villain in that movie, but he's very he very he commands the screen, which I think is impressive um, for someone like Tupac, who had a, in addition to you know being a, a well-renowned rapper and what have you, he has a stage presence that I think was. Very much defined by the kind of the, the way he put on his shows and both the performances he gave in the few movies that he did. I, I'd be very curious if he was still alive today. I'd be very curious to see what kind of career he had as both a you know a lyricist as well as a you know an actor because I think he had plenty. Yeah. Of, he certainly had. This is his like first movie. He had plenty of potential. That's not true. His first movie was nothing but trouble. We don't need to talk about that. But his this is his first like leading movie, <laughs> like leading role movie. Um, but no, it's a very good Blu-ray, by the way. It has a lot of uh, vintage interviews as well as some new stuff. But the vintage interview in particular, it has him and the rest of the cast talking about a lot of social issues that are relevant today, which I found to be very fascinating. Like, because it's recorded back in the 90s, and they're talking about, like, right. why audience, why this movie needs to be made, what kind of depiction of the ghetto it's showing, uh, what the state of the world is where they're going to see certain movies but not other movies. It's like, this is hitting a lot of boxes that still apply now. So I, I thought that was... You know, for a 20-minute interview that's very candid, I thought that was really neat to see. Um, new movies I saw, because other movies came out. Um, okay. I only saw one of the new releases this week, which is 47 Meters Down. This is the shark movie uh, starring yeah. Mandy Moore and Claire Holt. It is about two women that go into a shark cage diving like uh, expedition. Those, those like, yeah, yeah those, the shark, those yeah. Uh, experiences. Experience, and the, the cord on the cage snaps, and the cage descends, you guessed it, 47 Meters Down. Um, and then they have to figure out a way to get back up to the surface because there's sharks all around them. Um, <laughs> the movie, it's 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 fine. I I seeing it once was enough for me. It's not as good as The Shallows as far as recent shark movies go. I think The Shallows is much better directed. Um, I will note that this movie was originally supposed to go to straight to video on VOD, but then because it got some random good reviews from a film festival it was at. They're like, let's put this in theaters. And I think it also helped. Out. I think it also helped that the Shallows was a success in theaters, and that Mandy Moore suddenly got more buzz because of her show, uh, This Is Us. So it's like right. those three things combined, I think, helped to be like, we can make this theatrical and go for it. And like, I get it. I, there's a level of expectation I had because of that, as far as the kind of the quality of the writing and what have you. It's cinematic enough. It has some neat shark moments as far as like the scares. It plays a lot on tension because you're at the bottom of the water for most of the movie. So the you kind of the fact that you can't see a lot around you just leaves like this endless void. So it's that raises its own level of tension. But it, yeah, it's just the, the the dialogue gets really bad, and there's a lot of like mm. over explaining of the same plot point. You only have this much air, and then you kind of keep repeating like why that's bad and what have you. And it's just it's very obvious. Um, yeah. So even for like a you know a, a B movie, it's just kind of like I've seen better shark killer shark movies than this one, but. Uh, for like a di- uh, something that's different than other things going going on, uh, you know, a, a random shark movie like this, it's not terrible. It's just not one that needs to be seen on the big screen necessarily. Okay. Uh, one movie that I will champion that I do hope a lot of people catch on the big screen. It's opening next week in limited release. It is the Big Sick. Um, it's the film with Kumail Nanjiani, 
um, as himself <laughs> uh, telling, tell, like, uh, recounting basically the, the life story between himself and his wife, his current wife, his, his wife Emily V. Gordon, who's played by Zoe Kazan in this movie. Uh, it tells the story of his relationship with his now wife, who they met. She fell into a coma. And he had to deal with that after having broken up with her for a bit and kind of what goes along with all of that. It's it's more it, there's a lot of things going on in it. It's produced by Judd Apatow. It has that that kind of comedy drama vibe in it, but it's very mm-hmm. good. I, it's very it's one I'd really recommend because I think it's a it's I put on Twitter. It's my favorite Judd Apatow produced comedy since Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which I really like as well. And I like other Judd yeah. Apatow produced comedies. I mean, Pop Star was just last year. That's really hilarious. But but I think this one it's very it's very heartfelt and sweet. Um, it's very funny. Kumail playing himself he he plays himself as a you know a comedian that's coming you know that's kind of in his early days as a comedian and so it has a lot of other comedians also who had a lot of laughs um the cat um the his the his wife's parents in this film are played by ray romano and holly hunter they're excellent in this movie it's very it's very well acted kumail makes a strong i mean he's generally good at you know playing side characters or what have you in various comedies and he's great on silicon valley here he's playing the lead romantic character and he's really good he's he, he gives a strong performance i think that both balances him in this relationship issue as well as um being pakistani and having parents that are you know, they want him to get arranged married, and I think the kind of the balance it has of being both an immigrant story as well as being a romantic comedy, I think is handled really well. Um, cool. And even for Judd Apatow movies, which tend to run a little long, this one's two hours, like on the dot, I think, and it doesn't feel bad for that reason. You know, you know what I'm talking about, Abe? Where like something like This Is Forty or the ones they go on like way too long. They, those are long. They're long, yeah. and like all of his comedies tend to be longer than even like Forty Year Old Virgins, almost two hours. Like they're they're yeah. longer movies. This one's really I think justifies the length. I think it does a good job of having a lot going on to kind of not keep you being like this is way too long. I think it does a good job of really balancing all that time out really well. So uh, it's okay. yeah, it opens a limited release next week. So by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be coming out in some theaters near you on that Friday. I certainly want to say that people should catch it because I think it's really good. So. I hope that uh, it plays around me. Yeah, it'll eventually. I know that. So, cool. but yeah, so that's enough quickies. Jim, let's move on now, guys. Let's get to our trailer talk. We discussed another of the newest movie trailers of the week, when it's coming out, what we thought of it, and what have you. And this week, in honor of Disney, <laughs> we, have, <laughs> we have a new Marvel movie. Uh, the trailer for Black Panther. Black Panther, the upcoming MCU film um, featuring Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa. Um, who made his debut in Captain America Civil War. This movie is directed by Ryan Coogler, who made Creed and Fruitvale Station, movies that I like a whole lot. Abe, I think you also like these movies a lot. Haven't seen Fruitvale, you but seen I love Creed. Yet. Okay. Um, yeah, Creed. Creed is very good. This movie has Chadwick Boseman, as I mentioned. It also stars Ryan Coogler's favorite, Michael B. Jordan. Uh, also, Lupita Nyong'o, Denai Guerrera, Martin Freeman, Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out, Angela Bassett, Forrest Whitaker, Andy Serkis. There is a lot of people in this movie. Sterling K. Brown. There's a lot of people in this movie. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of well-known actors. A lot of well-known actors. Uh, I, I am super excited for this movie. I can't contain myself, man. I've watched this trailer a lot. But I'm going to get to you guys first. David, what do you think of the trailer for Black Panther? I thought it looked really cool. I mean, it just it just keeps going. It's different, and uh, I, I was I'm on board. I, I don't know I, I don't know what else to say. It just it looks really really cool. How about you, Abe? I'm super intrigued by it, and I, I was already on board anyway. Uh, not with just with um, not just with the the director because I love Brian Coogler as well. Um, but you know, with the lore that's set up in Civil War, you know, with with uh, Captain. I'm sorry. Uh, 
uh, Black Panther coming to the end and just being this total badass, you know, this martial arts badass, but also like the son of a son of a king. So I guess he's king now. And what I really liked about this is the the range of it. It's not just like, oh, well, you know, Marvel Universe only for Chala to go and figure out uh, things to do with the Avengers or the Avengers crew. This is like his world, like his place where he presides over. And what I the, the thing I think was the most interesting was just um uh I guess the the majesticness of the city. Yeah, like Wakanda. Yeah. Yeah, Wakanda. Not just like the it, it seems like it's like a like a, this giant metropolis and I like how Andy Circus is like it's all just nobody knows about it. It's like it's like this city that nobody can get to, but if you do, you know, nobody's been alive to, to tell you the the tale of it. Anyway, it's very intriguing. I can't wait for maybe a trailer two just to sell me on some of the more maybe action stuff. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I, as I said, I'm super excited about this movie. It's a, not only is it like the blackest Marvel movie ever, <laughs> as far as like all this cast and like what it's showing you as far as this African world, but like Wakanda, yeah. Wakanda doesn't look like you know the the stereotypical African village. It's a fucking metropolis, like you said. Yeah. It's like this advanced futuristic city that has flying ships all over the place and these like skyscrapers that look all kinds of interesting. Like I can't wait to see this world that they built for this movie. It's just it's it's very exciting. Um, to just question for you guys yeah. both is this where vibranium is from? Yes, vibranium is from okay. Wakanda. That's the that's the idea. That's why that's where Andy Circus was doing there to begin with in uh, Age of Ultron when he was he was kind of harboring all the vibranium. Uh, yeah, okay. And then Ultron stole it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but no, I think there's. I mean, it doesn't hurt that Run the Jewels is, like, the, on the soundtrack for this, like, trailer. So it, it's just so, like, it just gets you going. It just pumps you up as you're watching it. And it's just really just cool to see T'Challa, who's already Black Panther. So it's not going to be, like, an origin story. It's just getting past that and getting to, like, the meat of everything. And it's like, how does this work? Like you said, Abe, how does this work where he becomes a king and he has to kind of deal with that world? And what little we've seen, I mean, it's very little. It's just like a minute and a half trailer or whatever. It just looks so intriguing to me. Everything about it, just like all the the, the color, the, the the sets, the design of this place. Uh, Michael B. Jordan's hair is something to write plenty of paragraphs around or alone. I mean, there's, there's yeah. just a lot going on here that I really can't wait to get more of. And, this, you know, for being the 18th film in the MCU, this and Thor Ragnarok have me, like, some of the, the most excited I've been in a while for a Marvel Ragnarok! movie. Ragnarok! And, like, I like Marvel movies in general, but, like, these two I can't wait for. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm like, yeah, that's probably going to be fun, and it was. I was excited. <laughs> like, the, just the, the, the enthusiasm that's built in me from seeing the trailers for Ragnarok and now for Black Panther, I'm like, yeah, this is, this is something. This is something I really want to see right away. <laughs> so. It's coming soon. Yeah, well, Black, yeah, actually, Black, opening in 2018, right? Black Panther, yes, it opens next February, February 16th. So that President's Valentine's Day weekend. Day. Yeah, Valentine's Day, President's Day weekend. So. Yeah. Yeah. In Black History Month. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, Good point. Let's, uh, let's move on now, guys. Let's get to our main review um, for Cars 3. You have crashed. We got some work to do. I am so excited that I get to train you. The beach ate me. Every week, veteran racers retire to make room for these younger, faster racers. Have you given any thoughts to retirement? No questions. Paparazzi. You'll never be as fast as Storm, but you can be smarter. 
All right, that should have been some of the trailer for Cars 3. Pixar has now completed its second trilogy with Cars. Perhaps not expected, but here we are. Storyboard artist Brian Fee takes over directorial duties from the Cars-obsessed John Lasseter this time around in a story that puts the focus back on Owen Wilson's Lightning McQueen following Cars 2's spy adventure with Larry the Cable Guy's Mater. Uh, Lightning is now getting older and facing off against younger high-tech racers, including the cocky Jackson Storm, voiced by Army Hammer. A bad crash sets Lightning back, forcing him to consider his options. He's still up for the challenge, however, and with the help of a very talented trainer, Cruz Ramirez, played by Cristela Alonso, uh, Lightning tries to find new ways to become the best racer on the track. David, as we already established, you like Cars 2, you like Cars more, but you still have appreciation for you know, this series in general, as far as it's not the worst thing ever, as some people seem to want to play it as. <laughs> what did you think right. of, uh, what did you think of Cars 3? I thought Cars 3 was really, really good. And I would like to say that the Cars 3 is the real Cars 2. And Cars 2 is just a, a glorified Cars tune movie, if you will. <laughs> you know, those little, those little short cartoons they had on the Disney Channel. They're, I yeah. mean, they're a lot of fun, but Cars 2 is essentially a giant version of that, and it just kind of, it's its own thing. And Cars 3 is really the sequel that people wanted to see when they saw Cars. And I think that's the, I think that might be where the hatred of Cars 2 comes from. They were expecting what they get in Cars 3, but it just was not. And But this is, I, I really liked it. It deals with a lot of different issues that Pixar maybe never handled before, like, gender biases and equality and although race is not part of this race movie it does kind of touch on race a little bit because of Cruz Ramirez's uh, character name and background uh, but yeah I, it's that's a really wonderful movie about getting old and I don't think they've tackled that person I mean up is one of those main characters an old guy but I don't think the that's more of like kind of a fantasy I think cars is Cars is probably the most uh, humanistic in, the, in its current form, like uh, what people have to deal with from a day to day. Uh, it's one of the, the closest to normal life that Pixar has gotten. I'd say Toy Story and, 3 gets into the kind of being older qualities as well. Uh, in a different way. But yeah, I, yeah I, 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 I agree with what you're saying. I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, sure. yeah. Abe, how about you? What do you think of Cars 3? I like Cars 3. Uh, I don't know if it's... Very, very good, and I'm, I'm not taking away, anything away from David. I, th I think that it's good, and I think that the story that they're trying to tell, uh, the when it actually does hit, it hits pretty well. Uh, I didn't really know where they were going at first. Um, I kind of thought that maybe it was one of those stories about taking your time and pacing yourself, pun not intended. So, so Cars uh, 1. <laughs> cars 1, yeah, sure, but yeah, um, Maybe a rehashing of Cars 1 because he goes to this cool facility and he's been branded down. I really didn't see what was coming up next where uh, he takes the car under his wing and they kind of start racing together. Um, the car, Cruz Ramirez, who is a very good looking car, by the way. I, I wasn't really sure what model it was. I thought it was a Ferrari. Um, but when they put the side paint on there, it's like, I want to own that. So I, I like the way that they've already set up the toys it's a little and the mud flaps. That car's a little ambiguous, right? Like, I don't quite know what, like, every other car, you kind of, like, like Sally's a Porsche. I mean, like, right. like Jackson's, you know, it's one of these, like, high-tech model cars. Like, there's, it's pretty yeah. obvious. Like, Cruiser Mirror is like, what kind of car is that supposed to be? I guess. Like, yeah, not really sure what it is. 
Um, but I, I like the kind of the misadventures they go on with uh, them going to like this this oddball dirt rally and whatever else. So the story is there. I think the story is is more solid than I think uh, maybe maybe Cards One was trying to do. Um, and it, it definitely is like what David said, a continuation of the Cars series in general. If you pass over Cars Two, um, with that being said, though, I did enjoy Cars Two because of the the way that they kind of just went for it. Um, because there's a lot of questions still that remain in my head about how this world works. That was actually kind of this the thing that was on the forefront mostly of this movie when I was watching it, of just, well, how did they, how does he reach a remote? Or uh, how do they turn channels? Or what is the deal with like little cars? I hope that they don't have a little car in here. And then they end up having a little car in here. And I was like, how does that even work? So... There's a lot of questions still about the world in which these cars live. And the only, I guess, thing that I can think of is it's in the same world as humans. They just choose not to show any of the humans. But um, that's definitely not the case. <laughs> that's there, definitely not the there case. There are no because humans in this like, world. <laughs> they have, like, giant stadiums for just cars. So it would be weird for humans to be like, uh, I wonder what's going on over there. But um, I think the message here is, is really sweet and solid at the end. Um, of just kind of knowing when it's your time and also, you know, passing the torch to the next generation. So I think that it's a good movie. It, it just took me a while to kind of realize what they're going and, and see what they're doing. Um, and I kind of wish that I, I had seen it from the beginning just to get more fulfillment out of it. So I, I will say I like Cars 3 as well. Uh, I think I'm probably in the middle of you guys where I, I don't quite love it as much as David, I'm not saying, David, that you love Cars 3, but I, I think I, I have a little less admiration for it than you do, and I like it more than Abe does. And I'll say that, with to, to backtrack, I think Cars 1, um, I don't think is a terrible film. I don't think any Pixar movie is terrible. Uh, but I don't, think, yeah. I don't think Cars 1 is a terrible movie, but I think my issue with Cars 1 and why I like it less than Cars 2 is that it tells a story that I think is very easy to unfold in a lesser amount of time than Cars. Cars is still the longest Pixar movie. Um, and, and it shows. I rewatched it. I rewatched Cars and Cars Two with my girlfriend the other week. Um, and while they're fun to watch, I just I, it's it's hard for me to get past how slow paced it is. Which for a movie about race cars is almost ironic. Um, I like a lot of things about it as far as how it's made, is the, the look, the the voice cast they got having Paul Newman in there. I think is a big help. And there's there's fun to be had. But the message it just it clears up so quickly for me that I'm just like when are we we're just when are we getting to the point here? <laughs> so Cars two, I like because it like it's it's so different. It's like whatever yeah. <laughs> we're we're getting away from the take your time aspect and just going to a full throttle spy adventure. And as silly as that is, I was able to embrace that more I guess. Um, also because the where in Cars one like Abe you're talking about the world to me was so like odd. It's like how does this how does this happen? How does this work in a world that's all cars? Cars 2, I was more like, how does this happen? Like, I was enthusiastic about the concept of exploring a cars world. I was like, okay, the, hmm. There's yeah. cars, car aircraft carriers, and they're, they're like they're, all this stuff. Like, like, okay, this is amazing to me in some way. Cars 3, I think what works for me the most about it is this is the first Cars film where I didn't actually wonder about the world too much. I was more involved in the story, and I think that is a credit to what Pixar can do best, which is get you involved in the characters. I, as much as I can think about questions of how things work in Cars World, and I, I did have one or two because I'm always going to think about that when it comes to a world that's all nothing but cars. I was less, I was less like on, it was less on my mind. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I liked seeing this story and how it kind of 
added a little more emotional heft to it. Um, it's more in the line of Cars 1 as far as taking its time. This is a it's a slower, it's not as long as Cars 1, but it's certainly slower paced in the same way as Cars 1 was. And I agree with you, David. I do think it's, you know, the appropriate sequel to Cars as opposed to what Cars 2 did. Um, I think it also, I think something about Cars 2 that bugged people was the fact that Mater was their lead character. And while that may work for a certain population, which there's nothing wrong with as far as liking a character, there's nothing wrong with that at all. I do think that threw a lot of people off that tend to, you know, be a bit more snobby about Pixar films. Um, having, you know, Larry the Cable Guy as your lead character, that's going to throw some people off. Um, this this time around, he's very much in the background, um, which, that goes either way for me. I have no problem with Mater. I think he's actually, it's probably, it's probably the one version of Larry the Cable Guy that I really enjoy, because it just, he, <laughs> he makes, me, makes me laugh. I have no, I, it's, the, right. like, it's, it's a funny character to me. Um, this one, it, it goes a different direction, where it has Owen Wilson back in the front, and I think it's a credit to the screenplay that it makes Cruz Ramirez an interesting character also, because... There's not much to go with on Lightning McQueen. I mean, I think Cars 2, the reason it went with Larry the Cable Guy is because there's not much more story to tell with Lightning McQueen. I think now it makes sense because he's older, so there's actually something to do with that. Um, and for the most part, it works. I think it's it's a neat story to see it play out. I like the... It, it's not exactly unpredictable, but I like the way the end kind of takes place. Um, I like the places they visit. I think it's visually interesting. Again, there's a scene in a dirt... A, um, a, a demolition derby that I think is really yeah. fun to watch as far as the dynamics of a car universe and the mud and all the visuals involved. There's also a nighttime driving sequence that I think looks really cool. There, there's a lot here that I think makes it by default, the best of the franchise. I think it's a, a, a solid representation of what this car's universe can do. That's both touching and fun to be a part of. Still a lot of questions though. <laughs> what are they drinking at the bar? Oil. Just probably oil, right? <laughs> and then also, if cars, the way that we know them, can be fixed with you know replacement parts, then how do they die? <laughs> so anyway, well, some cars this is just getting really. Some cars just you know can't function yeah, after a while, right? When they know that it's time to go, it's time to go, kind of thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I think like yeah. Lightning McQueen, he 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 just lost his like his outer areas, you know, when he, he had his cr- car crash. I don't know what happened to Doc Hudson, though. Yeah, because, yeah, like, because, like, his, they go back to find his trainers. Like, his trainer's still alive? What happened to Doc? Like, what? No. That's why there was, like, two questions here. And questions not any child would ever think of, just more of, like, with the world that they're living in. Um, he lost the will I, to live. Yeah. Or he's just like, I guess it's time to go. Um, well, there's a part where they open, case, they open like a refrigerator and it has jars, and I'm like, how do they unscrew those jars? Like that was my question. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then like this guy's like, I was watching this band play when he's in the when he's in a, a bar meeting the trainer, and I was like, I guess that that's how you would drum because there's the uh, like a, a lever, you know, one of those things that you'd see at a at a grocery store or like a Home Depot. Well, it's the same kind of car. It's, it's the same kind of car that like does. Uh, uh, lightning's pit stop like stuff like right. it's, all yeah. the all the pities all the pities are like all the like the g- generic work and janitors yeah. and it's kind of sad because i was like this is this is kind of like car racism <laughs> well it is and it's also but it's also like a weird e- it's like saying a wizard did it to like ex- answer all these questions like it's really too easy yeah, that, like, i guess that's, i guess that's the the, the uh, explanation i'm gonna have to live with this is like a wizard did all of this yeah this is the, for- the, the forklift yeah. cars exist everywhere apparently to do all the little menial yeah, tasks and like you know the the, the the person that's singing at that bar 
it had an attachment. It had a microphone that was attached to its, uh, like, I guess, a lever. But how did it put the <laughs> attachment on? And I don't know. There's a lot of questions here. Just to say what there's a lot of questions about, like, back when, in cars when we we're like, why did it live in these giant cones? <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think the easy thing for cars is that every car is, or vehicle is a person. And that's all. <laughs> Other than that, it's a human world. I saw a haunting. I saw a haunting image that did like a split dissection of a car, which shows like the brain in the back seat and like the organs. Of, like, <laughs> Are you the, yeah, and it was like this. Was, in the movie? No, no, like it was online. It was, just, it was like a fan art thing, but they like split a car in half, and it's like that's what it would look like. It's like this. This does not make me feel better. <laughs> this makes me right. feel worse about and, everything. And then, <laughs> yeah, and there was there was that fan theory where like we're all the humans, and they're all inside these vehicles. They got fused with these vehicles, and that's kind of what happened. It's kind of weird. I'm still going with, back to the movie. I, no, I'm still. Oh, hold on to finish off this thought okay. because everyone really wants to know. Uh, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still of the of the mind that there was a car apocalypse where after the car after humans were wiped out by apes, um, their apes were then wiped out by zombies. <laughs> apes were then wiped out by zombies, and then all the zombies died out, and then all the cars took over. I think that's the logical way to explain all that's this. That's the only logical way to think about this. Yes, and somehow the cars. And I think there's yeah. a there's probably a creation story that fuses all of human history with what cars did, the which is the fuel actually humans this time but which is which is why there's already car texas and you know car states and car religion like it's all just human stories that they've adopted over time through oral storytelling <laughs> so weird hey, oh. um, i do want to talk about the uh, the technical aspects aaron you mentioned this uh, i thought the animation here was terrific and where it really made a huge difference is when he's taking this road trip to go to um to go train with like the old yeah. the old trainer and just like driving through foliage, like beautiful Colorado, and um, like I guess the the, the windswept plains or whatever else. It's like this. I never noticed how it, it was almost like I was questioning whether they just superimposed real life images onto this animated movie. But I'm gonna guess that it was all animated, and yes, it looks yes. really really clean, yeah. really really good. And I'm usually not amazed by that because. Usually the leaves look like they're they're fake leaves. You know what I mean? Um, they're just greenish the way that they are in Toy Story 3, per se. But in this one, it was very detailed, and I was really taken aback by it. I was just, like, in awe of the way that it looked. I, I will say this, having watched Cars and Cars 2 recently. It's... They're, obviously, yes, technology gets greater over time, so it's just going to look better and better as it goes along. But they're, the Cars movies, they tend to look very good. Like, it's not, it's not, I'm not discounting your point, I'm just, but I'd say they, it's not, it's nothing new for these, for these, because it has like a sequence like that in the first Cars too, where there's like a montage of like the, of the, of John Ratzenberg, I can't think of his Mac, uh, driving. Yeah, I was gonna be like the know. guy from all the Pixar movies. Yeah, yeah there, there's like a montage in the first one of him doing the same kind of thing of like driving over a, a course of time, and like it, they all look really good. That said, this one, yes, it does look amazing. I think there's a lot of great, you know, in the same way that like the Good Dinosaur, which otherwise, I know David, you have harsher feelings to the Good Dinosaur than we do. Um, I, I think that film. It's animation, as far as kind of the scenery and what have you, I think is really terrific. And this is kind of an extension of that to a point. Would you say that was makes the sense? Good Dinosaur? I thought that they had shot like real life scenes and then superimposed Good Dinosaur on top of it. No, no, please. Oh, it's Pixar. Pixar doesn't have to do that. Wow. They just make really wow. good animated films. No, that okay. that was the old dinosaur movie that Disney made in two thousand. Dinosaur. Two thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Those, because yeah, those I were background plates that they shot. Yeah. With that being, with that knowing that now, it's just, or I guess being being uh, confidently described, that's amazing. Like the 
yeah, the land animation in the Gadenser is, wow, that's terrific. Do you agree, David, on as far as the animation goes, as far as quality? I mean, they, they, they always step it up every time. And, yeah. you know, after seeing good dinosaurs backgrounds, I'm not shocked at all about how good the backgrounds of Cars 3 looks. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, it's not a... I'm not shocked necessarily, but I'm still appreciative of the effort they put into this. You know, even something like Cars 3, where, you know, Pixar's not phoning it in. Like, it's not playing. No, it's, it's not, no, no. no. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, I mean every, every, every single movie that Pixar makes is better than the competition. The previous. No, no doubt. Yeah. Except for good dinosaurs characters. <laughs> <laughs> which were, yeah, which was, a, which was a weird thing. That's why it's weird, because yeah. you see, like, Arlo, Arlo's the dinosaur, right? Arlo, Arlo, yeah. When Arlo gets like scraped and bruised, and it's like he's so cartoony looking, but he has like these realistic sad injuries on him, and it's like this is terrible. <laughs> realistic sad injuries. Oh. Well, yeah, because he gets beat up in that movie, and it's all like cut up and stuff, and it's like he like, gets puts in a flood. That's like what traumatizes him. It's just so goofy. It's like <laughs> it's weird to see this the the juxtaposition of like realistic and like photo real animation mixed with like the goofiest looking dinosaur you could possibly have in a movie. <laughs> Yeah. Um, um, how about the? You can get back to part three. I want to guys ask you guys about the, I guess the plot that thickens in the third act, which is the whole entire notion of Cruz becoming. It was kind of her story all along, kind of. Um, did you guys see that happening, or did you guys get a sense of that? Yeah, I, I could kind of see that build up because uh-huh. during the all the whole movie, you could see that Cruz is really good. And they kind of hint at that. They don't. I don't think they uh, hide that the fact that she's really good, uh-huh. especially with like the window when they're going through the tractors and she beats lightning, and when they're in the dark without their lights on, driving through the woods and she like just races around a corner and beats lightning again. I mean, it's constantly happening that she's beating him, I, and yeah. I, I, you know, it was kind of obvious to me. But I mean, not a it it didn't take away from the movie it was just that you know, something i definitely noticed also if you looked at the toys they spoil it for you i didn't i didn't look at any of the toys i saw the toys after the fact i'm like oh they do spoil it um oh, did they? Like, <laughs> yeah in a big way well as far as there's yeah. a certain thing on the top of her hood that's like oh okay i'll say this about that aspect of the plot it's not unpredictable um i think it's more because i look at i look at lightning mcqueen and it's like I mean, what's his plan here? It's like, oh, I'm just going to drive a little straighter, a little faster, and I'll make it, man. Like, what is he going to do that's going to make him better than high-tech cars that are at the top of their game? Like, it makes... Right. That's what <laughs> I was like, yeah. It's like, what yeah. What could he possibly his do? His is never close. Yeah. His is never that close. It's like, you're just, you're, you're, there, there's no logic in this world that suggests you can beat all of these other cars that are just better designed than you are. So it's like, what 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 answer is this to, to solve this besides, well, if I just try really hard, man, like, what else is he going to do? <laughs> so, um... But no, I do. I, looking back on it now, I should have seen the clues, right? Because there's training at the beach and all this other stuff. And that's where, again, I thought that it was a, a story of, well, don't worry. I will take the slow burn. I'm, I'm just being too fast with this, but you're trying to teach me some real things here. Cruz is trying to teach me some real things, but I'm just super impatient. And that's, I thought the tables were turning, but no, I, it was actually a story about something else. And I was like, well, you know, I like that story. I like the empowerment of it. Um, and it's very, uh, it's very sweet. Um, but I just, I, I guess I, I should have, uh, paid more attention instead of thinking about how this world works. Well, it's, it's actually like lightning becomes the trainer uh, very early on in the movie. And you, you see like from the first beach, he's, he's getting fed up teaching her how to do everything. Mm-hmm. And he realizes later, like, oh my God, I'm teaching someone who's better than me. 
mm-hmm. and and that's the that's kind of the the realization there. And yeah. I, I think it's it's really cool. But uh, yeah, it's uh, okay. Um, you know what I like about this movie is that it gives you the clues. It's not one of those things that just like, oh, here <laughs> she's way better all of a sudden. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's a lot of movies lately. They they've been doing a lot of like they were kind of lying to the audience of like we're just gonna pretend that Hans loves Anna. In Frozen, and just like pull, <laughs> totally pull the rug from underneath the audience. So, I'm but he was a little lost boy movie. raised by trolls. Of course, he loves Anna. No, that's no, that's that's Hans. That's that's that's, uh, that's, well, that's Kristoff. That's Kristoff. That, yeah. Fr- oh, Kristoff. No, my no, bad. Yeah, Hans. yeah, he'll love it. He'll, he'll love anything with two legs, maybe four. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, I, so I, I like that they laid the groundwork in this because often in recent movies, it just. You know, even in Moana, they kind of it's the whole movie's built on a lie that Teka and Tafiti are two different characters. And so, it, you know, it's just so I'm, I'm happy that Cars 3 did it the right way. Well, I, I think it helps that the, the stakes are, well, they're lower because of the Cars movie, but also the the nature of the plot. Like there's there's a couple ways to go about it. So like you, you, you don't really have to hide something. You can just hide it in plain sight and it makes sense because there's a, there's a separate plot from the lightning needs to race again plot. There's the, you know, what's going to happen between if lightning, you know, the outside of his racing career, what else happens between that relationship between him and, and Cruz Ramirez? Um, Abe, you mentioned the empowerment aspect of, uh, of having Cruz Ramirez be here and being one that kind of, becomes a, you know a co a co lead in the film, let alone has some heroic moments to go with. Right. Um, I would say, because I can't I can't speak to this entirely. I just want to bring it up kind of as a minor point. But I would say that the just the fact that you have Cruz Ramirez, you have a female car character that's really nothing but a another car that could be voiced by anybody. It just happens to be this is what they chose. I I thought I to in my eyes that's something Pixar that gets like some credit to it as far as being like hey we can it does it doesn't matter male female cars just like okay we have all these cars and some of them are this way and some of them are that way um i have read other views on this as far as well the the cars are mansplaining or that the cars are lightning gives basically gives the cristilla cruz ramirez a chance to do something as opposed to her taking it for herself and it's it's hard to have a read on that entirely but as far as with the appropriate response but i, I think i'm Happier giving credit to Pixar for trying to make some efforts as opposed to doing, you know, just having another dude-based car movie. Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that they address it is is a lot is is a pretty huge deal. And she's also a person of color, which kind of like doubles doubles that, mm-hmm. double downs mm-hmm. on that. And I mean, I think I, I think it's great. I think it's the fact that it, it does it without paying any attention to it. Like it doesn't matter, which I think is right, one of the yeah, most yeah, important yeah. parts to it. Right, exactly. Now, I, I I'm aware there's an entirely other perspective on this. Perhaps uh, I don't. Right, I, just, that, I don't. That lightning is the guy that gives her the chance, right? I mean, mm-hmm. now, as, as, I mean oh, yeah, I see. We, we could debate that all day, but I really don't think it it will get us anywhere. Well, it's the kind of thing like <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't have the faculties to make that other argument because it's just I'm not in that position to know it. What I can see is what I see in front of me, which is that there's it's one movie it's a cars three and right. they could have made many other decisions but instead they go with this one right. and it worked i think it, yeah. it works but, to it I, I think uh, yeah i think it's important to address that yes um the lightning mcqueen is a male and he did give it up and that's what's important is that more men should be giving that opportunity to other people well, yeah. and i think that's the that's the huge drawback in the real world is that or, there's men that doesn't think they, they owe anybody else anything and uh yeah. 
it's all theirs. And I think that's actually the most important under not underlying message to take away, not just that women can do it, is that men need to step up and give it yeah. away as well. Well, yeah, it's less that they're, it's less that men are the, the guardians and more of like, if if there's representation problems going on, it, it can't just be like, well, they need to stand up and do something about it. It's, the, it's like there needs to be, as you just said, there needs to be kind of a, well, we have to actually open the doors to let things happen. Right. And, and I think, I think one of the best lines that, uh, that um, sort of encompasses that is when they're in the trailer together, and she asks, she asks, Cruz asks Lightning, you know, how did you kind of do all this stuff? Like, how did you think that you were going to win? And he's like, I don't know. I just, I always kind of felt confident that I was going to win. And it comes back to her. She's like, just, she never had the chance. There certainly are situations where, yeah, I think that, you know, we're three males sitting on this podcast chatting. And it's like sometimes uh, we do get some sort of leg up because we're just, were, were, were males. I felt bad for overlooking the whole entire plot of the movie and, and not getting until later because um, that kind of just showed me how much I wanted Lightning to sort of go faster, like what Aaron was saying, even though I already knew that there's no way they can go faster. He's already topped out, um, and I felt like a, 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 a fool. So um, get on this movie for making me feel, you know, there's, there's uh, much more to be learned and much more to be had in this movie. None of us are full white males, so we have that going for us. Um, That's a good. One. <laughs> <laughs> so, you. That, now, it's saying all this. I mean, it's say, hold on, it's saying all this as far as like, hey, it's great that Christella is like a main character and she does a lot, and it's great. Bonnie Hunt is like so thankless in these movies, where it's the second movie in a yeah. row where she's like, hey, you guys go along and have your adventure. I'll stay back at home and monitor the cozy cone. It's like. <laughs> What's happening? It's supposed he's to be got lost stuff to do. Well, like, what's Lightning doing the whole time where he has a girlfriend? And he's calling like Mater. Like, like what? It's, he's never talking to her at all. Like, what? What, what is this relationship? I mean, had, yeah, he, she had thirty minutes on set. That's all that she could do. It's like there's like there's hardly any Mater in this movie, and he still has more screen time than Sally does. He gets the stinger. I almost feel like they were they had, they were almost on even ground. I would say yeah. she she showed up at the races too. I get, I get, it's, it's, it more hit me when, because having just watched Cars 2, I was like, wait, where's Sally in this movie? And then at the beginning of it, she's like, yeah, you go ahead with Mater, we're going to stay back here, and whatever. It's like, oh, okay, she just kind of bows out, right? So that's, I, I the think, town I lawyer Radiator Springs, there's only one. Her, her boyfriend doesn't want to take her on a global adventure with her to go to the race circuits? <laughs> okay. I think it's clear she has a sidecar. <laughs> Boom! For the pun. <laughs> is it is it Luigi or Sarge? I call it all Sarge. Maybe it's all of them. But regardless, it's just like yeah. that struck me again. It's like this is the second movie in a row. She just kind of like hangs back for some reason. It's like it seems like Lightning would. All right, I don't know. I don't get this relationship oh. between them. She's 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 a lawyer, isn't she? What is she? Yeah, oh yeah, there's lawyer. so much crime and <laughs> Gradiator Springs. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure she has other cases. <laughs> she does a lot of pro bono work. I like the voices in here. I mean, it's, it's all the same voices, some new ones that you might recognize. But I like the way that they had the car talk guys, um, even though one of the brothers had passed away. Oh, yeah, the car talk guy, yeah. Nice, yeah. Yeah, that was like a nice touch. And I was glad that Paul Newman was the voice, you know. Um, I wasn't really sure if they – it was just like – I'll, I'll tell you. They. It, I'll tell you right now. They used unused okay. audio recorded from the first movie. Ah, okay. Yeah. I was thinking that they did some sort of Frankenstein thing, which I wouldn't have appreciated if they just like chopped up words that he had said and then put him into a sentence and normalized it. It's still a. I mean, well, yeah. are you upset that they recreated him with CG? 
<laughs> I am, David. Thank you for bringing that up. Now let me get on my soapbox and tell you how this is not okay. You can't bring movie people that we love in CG format and think and think that we're just going to be okay with it. It was really egregious when they had Doc dancing around with a vacuum cleaner. That's an old, old joke. I'm sorry, but okay. Um, yeah, no, I... I feel like it's less of a thing to talk about compared to something like Grandma of Tarkin and Rogue One, which you talked about plenty of times. We don't need to reiterate. Um, but I, I, it was. I think it adds to the film overall. I, I think they're. Oh, for sure. I, I, I mean, Cars two. Obviously, he had he had more recently passed away at that point, um, and the the plot didn't really necessitate him. So it it more or less seemed like a why are we doing this when we don't have to in that movie. In this movie, it does feel appropriate given the kind of the baton passing that's going on here. I think it, it fits to have his character not just be like a, hey, remember him, but more of a, oh, it's an actual kind of, same with like, it's not exactly the same, but having, you know, having Mick back in Rocky Five, even though his character passed away in the previous, in Rocky Three, it's like, okay, this, this it's different because, you know, again, the actor was still alive at that point, but the, I think the notion of, of having that character involved in this movie makes sense. Yeah, I think it was a proper send-off for Paul Newman as well, because in the second one, he's just like, oh, it's so sad that he's gone, and I miss him, but that that was basically it. And mm-hmm. just to hear his voice again really added to this film. It was, uh, you you kind of don't realize, uh, you know, what he's, what, what, what the second movie was really lacking was kind of that, but I, I mean, I guess Michael Caine's cool. But, well, yeah, but it's, but it's more of like really, there's no. Emo- yeah. I mean, the, the emotions just like, oh, dear gum, yes. that's sad. This scene, like, it's not really like. <laughs> right. Yeah, and oh, I didn't know you were stupid all the time. <laughs> which, <laughs> um... which gets which gets me to another question. I mean, we'll get, get back to the voice cast if we want to, because. Sure. But um, uh, do you guys think this movie's like funny? Like, I mean, obviously, there's comedy. What do you mean? Well, I think this movie touches on emotions more than it does humor. I, obviously, there's car puns and what have you, but I think the... Especially this and Cars 1, I think they're less focused on being out-and-out comedies compared to something like Cars 2, which is, you know, a spy comedy. I think these right. movies are more in touch with the emotional themes going on. It's not an out, it's not a straight-up drama, but, I mean, it's... Yeah, I, think it's I, the, I, yeah. I don't think that it's a full-on, like, laugh riot, and I think... These are much more. Um, they're not really dramas either, but it's it's actually just. Uh, damn, I just lost my train of thought. I hope that it comes back around. David, feel free to jump in if you have something uh, for Aaron's question. I, I definitely want to get this point across. Okay. Well, do you, I mean do you, do you see what I'm saying, David? It's more of like a. It's less of a less of a comedy, especially for Pixar, that tends to make things that are you know, uh, but not just a game yeah. but funny. Yeah. It's it's a light. It's lighter on laughs for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, but there were some moments where, like you know, when lightning come, pops out of the trailer and does that little little the dance, jig and yeah, dance yeah. for to embarrass uh, Cruz, I thought that was really funny. And uh, I can't remember now what the last time I, I think I had a pretty good laugh somewhere else. But um, yeah, it's not very funny for sure. I, man, I damn it, I can't remember where I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's it's more cute. It's more cute than yeah. funny. Yeah, because there's a lot of like sight gags and like little puns that they make, but it's less of like a right. Oh, that's yeah. what I was gonna say. Yeah, uh, it yeah it, it it's not even much of an action movie either because there's not a whole lot of racing going on. It's more about trying to tell you the the point that they're trying to get across, which again I think that was well done in the third act, but I 
I should have seen it coming. It's it's interesting how many there's three cars movies and they're all about race cars and they really don't focus on racing too much. <laughs> like there's there's there like there's races at the beginning and ends of these things and there's you know some stuff in the middle, but it's more about like you know learning to be a better car, man. Like all of that stuff. It's just imp- wait wait was Owen Wilson just on the podcast? Yeah, man. I just stepped in to say hey, Anaconda's on Blu-ray now and it's great, man. Okay, see you later. Bye. See you, Owen. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anna's been dealing with me You're doing right. my own Wilson for weeks life. now, by the way. So. <laughs> it's definitely more about life lessons than it is about car racing, even though the car racing, when they do show it, yeah, it's great. Um, it it is great. That's the, that's the thing. The car racing does look great. Like, if you want to talk about photoreal looks, the, if, you know, minus the giant eyes and the windshield, the cars look great on the racetrack. <laughs> And the smiles on their on the grills. Yeah, dis- Come on. yeah, despite those qualities, you know the car, the racing action looks really cool. Like it looks good. Speaking of which, back to some of the voice casting. Did you like Army Hammer as Jackson Storm? I, you know, neither here nor there. Thank you. No, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hey, Jackson Storm, right? Great race today. Wow. Thank you, Mr. McQueen. You have no idea what a pleasure it is for me to finally beat you. Oh, thanks. Wait, <laughs> hang on, did you say meet or beat? I think you heard me. Uh, what? McQueen, Storm, can we get some pictures? Yeah, yeah, come on, let's get a picture. You know what, get a ton of pictures, because Champ here has been a role model of mine for years now. And I mean a lot of years, right? He's fine. He's fine. Yeah, but pretty, yeah. I, There was nothing, he, he's not a bad guy, he's not like trying to... Well, I mean, he, he's a dick. I mean, <laughs> he's he's a dick about it. He's arrogant, but it's no, he's not. He's not like I think he's not Sabolba. Yeah, he's not like sabotaging anybody. Yes, I mean Sabolba right, right. well, reference is my go-to. He's, he's like, Cruise, he, he did run Cruz into the sidewall. That's that's a good point. He got desperate. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he yeah, he was he was well cast, and I don't I don't think anyone's gonna remember like oh, oh that's army hammer or anything like well it's that. weird because like i told you guys off air like that Waze right now has owen wilson and army hammer as voices on the on the app Waze, and i'm like why army hammer like it's just bland like why not get christella like that's that'd be fun to have as a Waze voice yeah sure she's a stand-up it yeah. just naturally comes to her like why are we having army hammer talking for us it, yeah cruising with cruise i think would be cruising with cruise. it's, a, it's a, it, disney's own Waze app right <laughs> trademark yeah. that <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun if Disney had its own GPS app and every month to be like a new Disney character? Oh, that could be annoying, but uh, could be great as well. Oh, come on. If you had like Cabby from Who Framed Roger <laughs> Rabbit doing the voice for you, to oh. guiding you around town. What's his name? What did you call him? Benny the Cab. You called him Cabby. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for correcting me, because now I know. I assumed his last name was Cabby. I assumed it was Benny Cabby. <laughs> Benny the Cab. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, not to dwell on the subject, but yeah, you're right. I would, that would be fun. A disappointment I had as far as the voice casting goes. They couldn't get Michael Keaton back for like 30 minutes of uh, recording. Like... Oh, that was... I was wondering about that. I was like, wasn't this guy Michael Keaton in the first movie? I love Michael Keaton in it. Yeah, but oh, he's just boy. too big now. He doesn't want to be a Disney legend someday. That's so weird to me. Like, it, it was. It'd be one thing if it was like a scene, but it's like he's in it a lot. Like Chick Hicks is in this movie as a constant like thorn and lightning he's side as a commentator. Yeah, and it's like yeah. you couldn't get Michael Keaton to like record over the phone like four lines of dialogue. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, I don't know. It's like that. It's like he really. Maybe, maybe, maybe Michael Keaton hates Cars 2 that much that he didn't want to be a part of this. 
Is that, is that real? No. <laughs> no, I'm just... I'm okay. totally... I was like, wow, I didn't know he had so much disdain for Cars 2, something that he wasn't even in. It's like they have unused Paul Newman audio. You couldn't get Michael Keaton to sit down for an hour <laughs> to, like, get a check? I, <laughs> like, yeah, I think you would need to Frankenstein Michael Keaton for that one. Then. That was... Yeah. It's just... But, well, yeah, obviously, yeah, to, to recall audio, but just in terms of Michael Keaton's around, he's very popular right now. I guess he, maybe his asking price was too high, if I had to guess, but at the same time, he's been a, yeah, he's been uh, a Pixar regular. He's true. in Toy Story 3. Yeah. He's in other. Yeah. He's in the little mini movies. Like he was. He just really. He can. Yeah. So that's. It's a shame because he's. Because yeah. we. I think we all like Michael Keaton quite a bit. So it's like. Yeah. That's a. Yeah. That's a weird subtraction from the Cars universe. That's definitely also, an uh, odd one. Yeah, that that was like an odd choice, and I wasn't even sure if it was actually Bonnie Hunt until I stayed for the credits, because uh, I wasn't sure if they replaced her, because her lines are also very minimal in the movie. Um, oh, she's happy to do yeah, it. She's like, she's yeah, she's in almost every Pixar movie. I, I, love, I love Bonnie she's Hunt. In, you know. She's in, she's just like John Ratzenberger, and she's in almost every. Yeah, Pixar. she's. Uh, it's, oh, is that right? Yeah, she's in, a, she's in a lot of them. Pretty, pretty yeah, much. Bugs, Not all of them. She, but she's I a, think a lot she's in a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, what do you guys think of the short in the beginning? Oh, Lost in Blue. It took it's group. It took me a little bit, but I really liked it by the end. Oh, I was all about it. Okay. I mean, Abe and I, I think, are very big on the whole anti-bullying stance which is not a very controversial stance to make but i think i think abe and i've reflected on that quite a bit on this podcast and i think yeah. this is another one that does a good job of like hey here's five minutes to tell a great story and it does what was holding me back at first was like what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah me too i was i was wondering the same thing i was wondering what is going on here but it's uh it's a good story about how uh you just have to give people an extra hug sometimes yeah i mean it's all just magic you're just gonna have to pretend that you know whatever but yeah, I like. I really liked it a lot. Yeah, it's for being a short film that has to condense so much into a couple minutes that when it gets to that flashback involving the kid, I'm like, oh come on, this is great. Like it's just like it was, it was like it's like Anton, whatever his name is, in Ant- uh, Anton Ego, Life of Pi. I mean, Life Anton, of Pi. Oh, Life of Pi. Yeah. Anton Ego. In, uh, yeah, Anton Ego. Ratatouille. Right. Yeah. Any other thoughts on uh anything we talked about right now? I I wonder if I watched it the second time with what I know now, I would get much more out of it. Here's a better question I get. Here's, yes. here's a better question. Uh, th- thank you for answering. Um, would you look forward to a Cars 4? Sure. I wouldn't mind it. I mean, if they go into the history of what Cars are, then that'd be the best. But <laughs> it's, just, it's just really, again, a prequel? it's just a full, cars it's a full, it's yeah, a full a on origin story of, about Cars yeah. history. <laughs> I need, I need Ridley Scott to direct a car free Carmetheus. And make it even more confusing. But I, I wouldn't mind it if they went into it. it. It really isn't a big deal. It's just, again, on the forefront of my brain, the whole time I was watching Cars 3 is just, how does this world work? So, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't mind if they went somewhere else into the Cars world. Like, kind of like, you know, like Rogue One is a side part well, you, of the you, overall I mean, you got story, two of those. You, know, you got like, planes and planes, fire and rescue. <laughs> oh, jeez. I mean... That's plane, yeah. All right, let's do boats. Let's, <laughs> boats. let's just do it. Get it over with. <laughs> All right, well, where... The only thing that makes sense. When, so when should people go and see Cars 3? Uh, I'm on I'm on dollar theater scale. See it now. See it in the theater. I think it plays well it's on good. a big screen of a good soundtrack because all the, 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 the revving and what have you and the... Yeah, I didn't. I did not see it in 3D, but I imagine it would be pretty darn good in 3D. Like these CG movies are always like made for 3D, so 
Um, yeah, they didn't. I think if you do watch it in 3D, it would be probably pretty good. Yeah, they didn't screen it for 3D but... for us either, which was like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, oh, I, yeah. I, I certainly, yeah, I think it's worth seeing on a big screen. I would probably side with a me like Dollar Theater. It's not one that you necessarily race out to, but certainly, you know, it's a. It... Uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even try, unintended, but. Um, no, no, it's it. Sure. I think it's fine. I think it. I, I think it's a solid entry. I but I mean, it's the best of the car series for me. So I mean, actually, yeah. I think David, you you think it's the best of the of the three, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's well. It's it's it requires cars, so it's just ahead of cars, the original cars in my ranking. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's only because it's a tighter film. But they kind of need each other. I think they're both really good together. What about you, Abe? What do you mean? Uh, as far as um, what? How would you rank this series? Oh, I see. Um. Three, two, one, uh, in that order. I'm the same way. <laughs> For me, it gets progressively yeah. better, which is it's, it's interesting. And it's, I mean, it's slightly splitting hairs, but at the same time, Cars, yeah, it's it's just, it's not one I get excited to watch all the time because it's so long. Like, it needs to be a lot of years in between I don't watch Cars movies. Gotta put... Well, I, I think that the setting of which Cars is in, I mean, you're seeing all these ads back in, I don't, I don't remember when Cars came 06. out, like 2004? 06. 2006. Uh, you're seeing all these cars about Lightning McQueen, and he's racing, and then you kind of see some Radiator Springs stuff. But it's a lot of sp- it's a lot of time spent in Radiator Springs, and I don't know if kids really want to sit through that and go through the life lesson of Paul Newman telling you that there's more to life than winning a they race. They may not want that, but they'll buy that Radiator Springs playset and all the cars that go with it right away. <laughs> the, again, Cars Three was not messing around with all the with all the stuff that they're going to sell. Kids <laughs> love toy cars. <laughs> But that's, that, that goes that, to show it's uh, all about character. They, they fell in love with the characters anyway. Good point, too. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on, guys. That was our talk of Cars 3. Uh, let's get into our let's get our sponsor real quick. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Why? Audible? Why? Why? Audible, Audible content includes more than 180,000 audiobooks for your any uh, MP3 device. Go to your iPhone, Android, Zune, or any kind of other you know device you have. So, Additionally, Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook download of your choice. Just go to audibletrial.com slash podcast. You can go there and you can choose to download a book for free and start listening. It's just that easy. You get to check out the service. If you don't like the service, you can get rid of it, but you get to keep that book that you download for free for free. So be a winner. And read. Or listen at audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. All right. Let's move on now, guys. Let's get to our feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where I go over some of the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast. We asked a number of questions for you listeners, and then you listeners gave us some questions for us to answer. So uh, let's start this one off with this question. If you were a car, what make and model would you be? And uh, David, feel free to throw in your answers when you have them for these questions. But uh, Philip writes, a 2012 Toyota Camry that's long lost most of its get-up-and-go because it's not about the years, it's the mileage. That's that's a very Doc Hudson thing to think about. Uh, Chris would be a Ford Mustang GT 390 Fastback from Bullet, or a 1970 SS Chevrolet from Jack Reacher. Jason says, I would be the Batmobile. Uh, Manish writes, Aston Martin DB5 from Goldfinger. Jay writes, Reliant Robin. It's cumbersome, unwieldy, impractical, unreliable, unsafe, and has spacious boots <laughs> in your trunk. <laughs> and Tyler writes, the Batmobile because I'm Batman. Hmm. I like how a lot of our listeners put in movie references. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I that was what I was not expecting from this question. I thought people were just gonna be like, "I'm gonna be a, a Ferrari," and it's like, "Yeah, well, you know, that's cool." But a lot of cool movie references. I don't know what I would be. I think that I would be the uh, helicopter from 
predator. I said car. If you were a car, what would you be? <laughs> not, not listening to directions either. That's why I'm. A, that's why I'm a helicopter. Why the helicopter from Predator? What did that helicopter do? I don't know. I couldn't <laughs> think of anything <laughs> off the top of my head. Yeah, it's First like going. Time. I'm gonna be the airplane that crashes in the mummy. Yeah. <laughs> Birds. No. I'm, uh, Birds. I... <laughs> what would you be, David? Uh, if I if I was a kid, I would be the love bug. Her- oh, Herbie. Herbie the love... Yeah, right. I love those movies when I was. That's a, kid. a nice paint job. It's good. It's a good pick. Yeah. yeah. But maybe maybe now would I pick a transformer like Bumblebee? Boom. At the bug, the bug version or the Chevy Camaro? <laughs> well, it was never the bug version in the live action. And not in the movies, movie. no, not the Michael Bay movies. But okay. Oh, but the, the Transformer, the movie. Uh, yeah. yeah, probably the Camaro one. That was pretty tight. Yeah. Tight. A word I haven't used since 2004. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with it. I like it. <laughs> Uh, if I have a real answer, I'll, I'll just shout it out randomly on the on the podcast. All right, well, Aaron, do you have an answer? Uh, I like Batmobiles. I'll go with Batmobile. Okay. Which one? Uh, the ba- I like the animated series Batmobile, but I'll go with Tim Burton's Batmobile. I like that. Uh, can't, yeah. Can't really turn on a dime. You need a rope thing to come out. But sure. <laughs> and I have it, and I can use it. So what's the problem? <laughs> Not all roads have things to latch onto. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> going to be destroying a lot of buildings there. Um, all right. Well, next question we ask everybody, what's the most underrated Pixar film? Chris writes, I think it's Cars 2. It's been slammed a lot on sites. And I also, and my son and I love watching it, though. Uh, he also writes, A Bug's Life is also underrated. Yeah, I agree with A Bug's Life. It's, yeah, it's I agree really with A Bug's funny. Life as well. I, I don't think Aaron really likes A Bug's Life. That is, keep going, because that's wildly untrue. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Justin writes, Ratatouille, by far my favorite film. Er, uh, Ego's scene when he tastes the food just brings tears to my eyes every time. Philip has Cars <laughs> 2, because I think it's a very funny film. And the internet hive mind decided to hate it for some reason. Manisha has Brave. People really hate that movie. Uh, Jay uh, writes, Monsters <laughs> And Dennis has Cars 2 for me. It was an unexpected turn. And yeah, my daughter and I love Brave as well. And for the show, Maxwell has Monsters University. David, you're gonna say something about Brave. <laughs> I have a lot of things to say about Brave. <laughs> That's his least favorite. In, in, that and Good in Dinosaur. Ten seconds. Yeah. No, 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 no. I have two least favorites under Brave. But uh, oh, that's right. I, mean, I, just... yeah. <laughs> I remember you. You also do not like Inside Out. So. That is true. Yes, that is correct. I, I just think yeah, Brave is just uh, it's a it starts really great and then they go kind of in a weird direction and uh, you could tell that there was two yeah. different directors who have two different sensibilities and you could tell that it was just rewritten to hell and back and that was what they cobbled together and it's got problems but yeah, I mean, it was, yeah it's it was emotional. Aaron and I, we talked about it on the podcast, too. We, we liked the darker things that they were doing in Brave, like the, the scene with the witch and all that other stuff, and then, poof, it goes away into something much more light and fluffy. Well, well even the witch I had problems with, because, like, why does she have an obsession with bears? <laughs> Everyone's obsessed with something. <laughs> but it, yeah. just, it, it makes no sense. Like, oh, you want to be really strong? Here, you're a bear. Oh, your mom <laughs> has a weird, uh, like, want to change your mom's mind? Poof, she's a bear. Like, that makes no sense at all. She's just all these wood carvings. Makes a little sense. <laughs> I don't know. I don't you know, know how to salvage 
<laughs> I want to I want to touch you know, I want to touch on some of the other things that were mentioned here. Ratatouille, sure. um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's underrated because it is an Oscar winner. It has a lot of great praise, but at the same time, it's one that doesn't I think come up in conversation as much as other Pixar movies. Uh, probably because it's so standalone. Like there's no sequel to Ratatouille that's probably going to be made, and it's it tells it, it tells a you know a good story, and I think it's really good. But it's not one that I think gets the same kind of rewatch value that something like the Toy Story series or Incredibles does. Um, uh, there were a couple mentions of Monsters U. Um, I, I, I like Monsters U. I think the ending, like the ending of that movie is spectacular. Like the last twenty minutes, it's, it's 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 kind of what saves it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's very slight, but once it gets to the like the final moments, or, or you know, the final act, essentially, it, I think it really right. it's like this is yeah, this is a movie right here. This really ups the game. Um, my answer though to this question is a Bug's Life. I really like a Bug's Life a lot. I don't know where that thought came from, Abe, because I, 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 I wasn't sure if you loved Ants more than a Bug's Life. I do, I, I do like Ants more than a Bug's Life, but I do like Ugh. a Bug's Life quite a bit. I, um, I, the, I've, I think I've said this before on the podcast, where when the Blu-ray came out for a Bug's Life and I watched it, I hadn't seen it in a number of years. It really got to me as far as what happens at the end when like Dave Foley's character finally gets the respect he deserves for just trying to help people's lives. Like is like, it's so nice to see like people championing this guy finally after like getting just nothing but shit on for a whole movie. It's like, come on, he's just trying to help you out. Uh, well, that big princess was, was, was with him. It, it is funny because the, it, we were talking about underrated movies. This, that's a movie about an underdog. Yes. He's an underrated. Yeah. Act. <laughs> it's, it's an underdog story. It's another adaptation of Seven Samurai, which, if you do it well, it works really well. Um, I think Kevin Spacey's villain is one of the best Pixar villains that goes wild. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Hopper is one of like the most brutal villains. He's certainly one of the most terrifying. Yeah, he's terrifying when you think yeah. of it in certain contexts. Like, I mean, the other villains. Yeah. He's like you know. He's kind of one. Of, he's kind of one of the only true Pixar villains aside from Syndrome, I think. Yeah, you know, that's, that's there's Sid, and there's a few other characters that are like not great but yeah like lotso and um what's kelsey grammar's name in the stinking stinky pete uh, stinky pete stinky like they, they, they have right. they have motivations that stem from you know past past problems grievances. and grievances yeah. yeah but it's like it's less of like outright villainy except when lotso right. says where's your andy now but um... <laughs> <laughs> And Chick Hicks is not really a villain. He's just a yeah. You know, he's just another. He's a race car. He just wants to retain the title. He's just like an egotistical maniac. Yeah, and then Randall is. Uh, he's just. He was nice before. In the now he's a. He just wants to scare more people. Yeah, it, there's a conspiracy going on there. It's not just Randall. Well, <laughs> I guess they became villains, but yeah. wait, would, anyway. would would you say that Mister Whatever His Face was in in Monsters? Oh, the crap! Uh, James Coburn's yeah. character. He's a pretty solid, pretty solid villain. Yeah, well, yeah, he's he's. I mean, it's again, it's 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 serving a higher purpose. It's a greater good cause sure. that he's going for. It's not just it's not out of greed. He's like, I'm trying to power oh. the city. Just kidding. Okay. Oh, I was like, what? was there an epiphany just now? <laughs> no, no. But all right, let's let's get to our next question. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite Owen Wilson film, man? Um, Chris writes Life Aquatic or Darjeeling Limited. Manish writes Midnight in Paris. Justin writes Zoolander. Jason writes or Jay writes Al Anaconda. Philip writes The Royal Tenenbaums. Tammy writes Shanghai Noon. Alessandro writes Midnight in Paris. Shalem writes, I'm sure it's just sentimental, but because it's his first, I have to say Bottle Rocket. And Tyler writes pretty much everything he does with Wes Anderson. I more or less would agree with the Wes Anderson statement, although I do like Owen Wilson in general. But Life Aquatic in particular, which is my favorite Wes Anderson movie, <laughs> a controversial choice, I guess. Um, I do. Yeah. I think his performance is incredibly strong in that film. Yeah. I definitely agree with the Wes Anderson stuff. And um, 
I mean, I generally like West, or yeah, I generally I was gonna say West Wilson. I generally like Owen Wilson and and almost everything that he does because he kind of just plays the same character. But it's a charming character. I like that guy. Are you gonna watch the movie he's in where he's uh he has a son that's really ugly? Wonder. Uh, maybe that's the what was that's the one with Ju- Emma um, Julia Julia Roberts, Julia Roberts and uh, Jake Jacob Tremblay going. I have this face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's I mean, him? <laughs> it, it seems a little too saccharine for me, uh, but we'll see how it goes. I will say this. Anna and I read the, like, 20-page children's book it's based off of, and it's a pretty good. I'll be curious okay. oh. I'll be curious what the, you know, two-hour movie version is of this thing, but um, right. we'll see. But, yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. It is very – it's modeling, and the the look of him in the movie is far harsher than the book is, where the book's just like – Oh, has, really? Yeah, the book's just like he has one eye. In like a white in a bike, oh. like that's it. Like that's that's the extent of it. But, um, Interesting. Yeah. I will. Yeah, by the way, I mean minus performance. Although I think is Woody Allen's pretty good. His interpretation of that kind of character. Midnight in Paris is a great movie. I really love Midnight yeah. in Paris a lot. That's that's where I fell in love with uh, Corey. Whatever his face. Corey is. Stoll. Yeah. There you go. As um, Hemingway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, David, I'll have you know that he is he is the narrator of Disney Nature's Dolphins coming in 2018 so he's got that going for him wow <laughs> you know and he's another spot I, on I mean he's never like the lead really but i do like his the movies with him and ben stiller together like I, they have a great chemistry and he does tend to work in those quite a bit between meet the parents or the night night at the museum movies or what have you i think he's he's fun in those films not you know the best but like certainly he's having fun in those movies so all right, next question. What are your favorite films about characters realizing they've gotten old? Chris writes Logan, Venus, and the hundred year man, hundred year old man who climbed out of the window and disappeared. The last two, not getting old, but not and not giving a shit. Um, Justin writes Space Cowboys, and would Lethal Weapon count? And yeah, of course it counts. He's constantly getting old. <laughs> like that's, that's yeah, he says it in the Murtar says it in the first movie. He's like, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> Uh, Philip has Mr. Holmes, which is the Ian McKellen movie that you saw, Aaron, right? And is not good, but go on. <laughs> oh. Manish has All About Eve, and lastly, Jason writes Creed, which is something I didn't think about, but makes sense. That's a great answer with, with Rocky about yeah, yeah, Stallone. Yeah. Any favorites for you guys? I'm trying to think of movies that are about people getting old, not just old man movies. Um... Yeah, because then you could just go like. Uh, like bucket list, but I didn't even watch it. <laughs> <laughs> what was the movie that they just had recently? Was it directed by Zach Braff? Oh, the Going in Style. Oh, Going in Style. All right. Yeah, I was like, yeah, the, another movie that people didn't really watch, but you know, it made its money it for a, the it, scale that it was. It, it, uh, but yeah, if you watch it in order, A New Hope. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Um, about Schmidt. About Schmidt with Jack uh, Nicholson. Um, Jack Nicholson. Yeah. yeah. Um. The other one. As good as it gets. As good as it gets. It's not really about getting old necessarily, though. It's just more. But he's old. He's older. He's not even that old now. He's, he's still he's, he's still playing. He's still pretty spry guy, but you know, yeah, I guess he is getting old. He was old in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. Um, name your favorite films featuring montages or training sequences. Jason writes Team America, World Police, or colon World Police, or Rocky. <laughs> Uh, Chris writes, yep, I'm an 80s kid, so Rocky, Rocky IV training montage, pure awesomeness. Uh, Jonas writes, cool runnings, Rocky IV, The Mask of Zorro, and Salmido? 
Samito. Just, Justin writes uh, Batman v Superman, colon, Dawn of Justice, because of the CrossFit training sequence, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Philip writes The Sandlot, and Dennis writes Rocky and Kung Fu Panda. Never going to top Rocky. Rock- and Well, yeah, the series in general, but Rocky Four. I mean, dude's doing all kinds of stuff in Rocky Four. Well, I'm just thinking, like, Rocky One. <laughs> well, yeah, Rocky One's <laughs> great and iconic, but Rocky Four. Heart's on fire, yeah. That's true. I mean, he's <laughs> running away from Russian spies that are, like, sent there to like, watch him to make sure he's training. By the way, I'll credit us for not referencing Rocky Three too much when talking about Cars Three, given the many similarities in that film. But Rocky Three has a great montage sequence. I was thinking more Rocky Four as well because there's um, there's a whole entire like new way of training, which is Ivan Drago, uh, and that's what that's what all those cool new race cars that like, go 240 miles per hour are doing. Well, and then there's the outdoors training, which is what they're doing. Well, it's a co- Rocky style. I mean, if you want to look at it, it's a combination of Rocky Three, Four, and Five, given the new rookie on the scene and everything and all that. Tommy the Machine Gun makes a cameo. <laughs> Tommy, he passed away, so no, yes. <laughs> Dave, do you have any montage uh, movies? Oh, uh, you, uh, you guys named them all. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And last question, we asked everybody: name some favorite movie characters who are hotshot rookies stepping into the scene. Justin has Sean Penn in Colors. Mm-hmm. Chris writes Ethan Hawke in Training Day. Philip has Speed Racer, and Dennis has Maverick and Iceman. That's a good one for the Maverick and Iceman. I don't know about Ethan Hawke in Training Day, though. He wasn't really a hot shot. He's a rookie. I think that's the more of the, what they're going for on that one. Definitely a rookie. Yeah, I mean, if, it, if he's getting under tutelage nope. of the hardest cop in L.A., you got to be a hot shot of some kind, right? He's not. He's doing something, right? He was he was putting parking tickets out in the valley. <laughs> was that what he was doing? Or that's what Denzel says that he should go back to doing. <laughs> Let's see. There's the rookie with Dennis Nobody Clay. named... Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. Nobody named the planes with the dusty crop hopper. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I'm actually kind of impressed that you knew that because I haven't seen it, but you know, David kind of David does this for a living. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> he's he knows all. There's a rookie of the year starring a kid from King Arthur's Court. That's right. Yeah. Tommy Thomas Ian Nichols. Who later when uh, Ameri- goes on American Pies? Greece. Thomas Ian Nichols. <laughs> right. American, American reunions. Thomas Nichols. Thomas Nichols. <laughs> You're just gonna go through the entire series. I'll go through his. No, I'll go through his whole uh, his whole credits. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween Resurrections. Thomas Nichols. He's in that too. Yes, it's, <laughs> he was in Hollywood Resurrections. Yes, he is. He dies. <laughs> but, um, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna guess that he did. Yeah. yeah, that was the. Is that the one after H2O? That's the one after H2O. That's the. Yeah, he's, the one with Buster Rhymes. Yeah, the one with Buster Rhymes and Vivica Fox. It's terrible. It's a terrible movie. We don't need to talk about it anymore. Yeah, let's not. Anyway, those are the questions. Or I'm sorry, I don't think we have any questions this week, Aaron. Yeah, we didn't get any questions, guys. Which is okay. It's, totally it's fine okay. if you don't want to ask us any questions. But, but anyway. just give us more questions if you guys have them. I, I have no questions. Let's move on. Let's. Uh, that was feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Now it's uh, time. Abe, Abe what, what, what time is it? Aaron, I believe that it's uh, time here for a very couple of quick games. Fun fact: That's actually the the song that Duck Hudson, Duck Doc Doc Hudson plays uh, in his Jamboree band. There you go. Yeah. That was, of course, the improvised theme for games. And Abe, what do you have for us this week? I'm glad that we didn't have uh, a question there because I got two games for you guys. All right. First one is called "Voices in My Head," and what I'll be doing here is I'll be reading you a clue. Uh, it'll be about an actor, and I want you to name another movie that this actor has voiced. 
so if you know the answer, feel free to shout out your name and tell me the movie that I'm referencing this other actor voicing. That, Does that make sense? That seems convoluted, but I'll go along with it. <laughs> Sounds great. Here we go. Owen Wilson voices a character in this 2013 holiday movie, also starring Woody Harrelson. Oh. Oh, what is it called? It's that turkey. Yeah. Aaron. Aaron? Um, God. <laughs> David, you can steal here What is as it well, called? I, I, I know it, but I just don't know the name. Yeah, it's the, yeah it's, exactly. It's that, right. it's, the, it's that turkey movie. I have no idea what it's called. That's not the name of the movie. Well, no, I didn't say, oh. no, I didn't say that was the title. I, I'm just trying to think of what I just said. It's that turkey David, movie. I have the answer. Stuffed turkey. <laughs> no, hold on. Let's, hold on. Let me think. Um, it, was so, some, it was stupid it was, pun. It was uh, uh, so uh, close here, buddy. What is it? It's not tur- not turkey run. Nope. What is it? Finger looking good. It is free birds. Free birds. Uh, I would never have gotten that. <laughs> yes, that point there. Next one here. Chris Cooper voices a character in this live-action 2009 movie based on a beloved children's book. Chris Cooper? Chris Cooper. Very small. I didn't even know he was in this movie either. But he does voice this children's book adaptation directed by a guy who used to make a lot of TV commercials. Wait, so is he like the narrator or just like a voice at one point? He's a voice in. He's a voice in in the movie. He's one of the characters. Two thousand nine. Give us a. Two thousand. Uh, Two thousand nine live action based on a beloved children's book. You need more. The director of this later went on to win an Academy Award for best original screenplay. I don't know. You need more. No more hints than that. <laughs> and the director has done a lot of like hip hop music videos. Give us an actor. Uh, Max Records. Where the wild things are. That's correct. Chris Cooper was a voice in there, which I didn't know. So Spike Jones was anyway. the director you're referring to. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nathan Fillion voices a character in this 2013 Pixar sequel about oddball friends Aaron. carrying up a good. Aaron. Monsters U. Right. He's like the. the I knew that. He's one. like the, the the frat guy head of the. He's the jock. Yeah. yeah. He's the jock yeah. frat guy. Yeah. What was the name of their uh, house? I don't know. Sky, Scare, Scare, Alpha, Scare. Yeah. Uh, Bonnie Hunt voices a concerned parent of the main character in this 2016 movie about a small town resident going to the big city and mm. learns about racism. Aaron. 20. Aaron. Zootopia. That's right. Oh, shoot. I didn't realize it was her. I didn't know it was her either. She, she crossed over to the Disney pond for that one. Uh. Last one here in Voices in My Head. Tony Shalhoub voices a team leader and spiritual leader in this 2014 movie about four brothers who fight for justice in the Big Apple. David. Yeah. David? Uh, Ninja, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's correct. And he also did the sequel. Yep. Master Splinter. Master Splinter. The weirdest choice for, for Master Splinter. Oh, Leonardo. You're my son. <laughs> no? If he had gone with that voice, I would have been way more on board (laughs) with the Luigi voice. (laughs) The next game I've got here for you guys is called Making Movie Money. So I will be giving you guys an actor, and I'd like you to guess what's in his top three for movies. 
made with lifetime gross domestic box office. So, so the highest domestic grossing movies of these actors. Owen Wilson. So David, since you get the last question right, who do you think? Can you name a movie that you think would be in his top three? Owen Wilson's top three, or just one movie in his top three? Just the domestic gross. Uh, is that what you're saying? Just domestic lifetime gross. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sure. Cars. Cars. Okay. And Aaron? I mean, Cars 2. <laughs> <laughs> Night at the Museum is number one. Night at the Museum. Uh, mm-hmm. Cars is number two. In Night at the Museum 2, Battle of the Smithsonian. <laughs> Cars 2 is number four. Wedding Crashers is Wow, Wedding three. Crashers, okay. Yeah. Wow. So, David, you get the point there. Yeah. Next one here. Larry the Cable Guy. Cars. David, do you have something in his top three? I can't even remember the names of all the other movies. He's been in. <laughs> the I'll, one tell other you, movie. I'll tell you Delta Farce, Witless oh, no. Protection, nope. and Color Comedy Tour. Uh, but do you have anything in his top three? <laughs> all right. So Aaron said Cars, right? Aaron said Cars. I'm going to say Cars too. And you guys are one and two. Aaron, Cars is number one. Cars 2 is number two. Planes is number three. Didn't know he was in Planes. I he forgot. The mini voice in Planes. That's not surprising. <laughs> Chris Cooper. Aaron, you get the last one right. So what do you think is in Chris Cooper's top three? Um, would the Born Supremacy right. count? Like he's he's in it. It technically counts. It's not numbered here, but it technically counts. Yeah. So if you want to say that, I will accept. It. I will. No, I'll, let me think of something else then. Um, besides that, well, well, that makes an obvious one. <laughs> uh, is there something hot? Let me think of Chris Cooper. There's something higher that I'm not thinking of. Uh, Do I have to wait? Uh, if you have wait, no, wait, 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 no, 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 no. Um, uh, but, but, uh, Amazing Spider-Man Two. Okay, all right, David, do you have anything in Chris Cooper's top three that you think of? Um, the Muppets. The Muppets. Okay. The Muppets comes in at number nine. Yikes. The Born Identity has to be in the top three, right? Born Identity is number three. Uh-huh. Number two is American Beauty. I was thinking that too. Which apparently I didn't realize went gangbusters. And Aaron, you were right with number one being Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, I, I was like, there has to be some franchise he was with besides the board movies. I'm like, yeah, there it is, Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> Last one here, Bonnie Hunt. Domestic? Domestic. Zootopia. Okay. Dom- Aaron? Domestic. Um... Damn. Is she in? She probably is. I'm trying to think of which. You said Zootopia. That's probably the right one. That's probably the top one. Uh, I'll say Cars 2. Or, sorry, no. Cars. Sorry, no, I meant, sorry, sorry, Cars. <laughs> okay. I, I, I swapped it in my mind which one made more. I'll say Cars. <laughs> Zootopia had $341 million, and it's second to Toy Story 3. Uh, and Cars has $244 million, and according to IMDb, I'm sorry, according to Box Office Mojo's, 
it's listed at number two, but it's actually number five because she's a voice in Monsters, Inc. and Monsters University as well. No, because uh-huh. so, so it's not counting her as like a main character. That's what you're saying. It's yeah, like, it, it, she is a voice in those, but she, I guess she's not top build in those. So um, she's done very well for herself in the voice acting categories. I mean, it adds. She's also in a Bugs Life, by the way. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, she's the yeah, she's, she's the spider. The spider. Yeah. She's a spider. Yeah, she's part of the I don't she's know. part of the crew with like Dennis Leary's the that, ladybug that weird, and like, rabble, or, like ragtag crew. Yeah, the, yeah, she's the she's the black widow. The seven samurai. She's one of these. She's the black widow. <laughs> I believe you. With that being said, that was making movie money, and no real winner there. Everyone's a winner. Oh, good. That's yeah. that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Abe, for those games. You're welcome. Let's uh, move on now. Let's get to Out Now Presents What's Out Now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray or DVD this week, and a few things. Uh, first up is Life. Uh, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Like, I, it's weird. Like, you went for what, like, is Life better than Alien Covenant? But Alien Covenant, it's at least more exciting to talk about. Life, it's like, yeah, I saw it. All right, I'm done. Like, that's, that seems... <laughs> that, that's accurate. Yeah. Um, that's the only, like, new release this week. Everything else is, like, archive stuff and older things, but... On um, Shout Factory this week, uh, the Lawnmower Man. Is that is there like a is that like a twentieth anniversary edition or something? Nope, like that? it's just Shout Factory or Scream Factory's uh, new edition of the Lawnmower Man on Blu-ray for the first time. Um, okay, it's that's a weird movie. It scared me as a child. Um, it's got weird stuff going on. The trailers. Yep, and the effects are way dated. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, also on Shout Factory, Car Wash. With uh, Richard Pryor and George uh, Carlin and, you know, that song that oh, you know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the whole entire cast that is totally familiar with everybody who is older than 35. But it also has the song know. that you probably know, so, you know, it's got that going for it. It's fine. Yeah. Car Wash is like, it's an okay movie. Like, it, it has its moments because it has George Carlin and Richard Pryor in there. So. There you um, go. On Criterion this week, the Marseille Trilogy, for those that are into, sure. into that. And on Warner Archive this week, Joe versus the Volcano. Which I think is a, ter- right. a terrific movie. Yeah, that's a fun one. That's what down present- what's presents out now. Let's move on to extremely cool. These are things that are now coming out on streaming uh, this week, uh, and notably this week is Moana. Moana is on streaming on Netflix this week. You're welcome. <laughs> so yeah, that's <laughs> if you haven't seen Moana or just want a reason to watch it again, you can do it very easily on a on Netflix. That said, the Blu-ray looks amazing because why wouldn't it? Good point. Yeah. Um, also on um, on streaming, I I've seen this comedian a number of times and heard him on various podcasts. Rory Scovel, uh, Rory Scovel tries stand up for the first time is the title of his stand up special that's on Netflix this week. So for those that have been uh, absorbing the various stand up content that Netflix released like bi weekly, um, right? It's it's uh, there's another one here. Did you get a chance to watch Hasan Minhaj's stand up? Not yet. No, it's on, it's, it's on the top okay. of my queue, but I was finishing House of Cards, okay. which I have. <laughs> cool. And it's fine. So there you go. <laughs> Yeah, Netflix is like, let's just release all of this stuff at once and just assume you have time to watch it all. And I'm like, thank you, Netflix. I don't, but I'll do my best. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's extremely cool. Next week's show. Next week, we are talking Transformers, colon, The Last Night. Supposedly the last one, right? Nope, not at all. <laughs> it's not it's even close. The, it's the last journey 
begins. It's it's oh, it's okay. it's maybe Michael Bay's last time doing a Transformers movie, but he's also said that the last three times he's made a Transformers movie. Right. That said, this I I thought I saw somewhere in pro in product marketing that it was the final chapter or something. This is the but... this is the kickoff of the Transformers cinematic universe because next year you get the Bumblebee movie, uh, directed by Travis Knight of Kubo fame, um, starring Haley Steinfeld. Um, and then after that, you get another Transformers movie. Then after that, you get another. Like, I don't know how to feel about that I don't, Bumble movie. Yeah, I well, because I, I like Travis Knight. We love Kubo. I don't know how I want to feel about them continuing this world where I don't really care about anything. Well, I mean, they're like they're, it goes like what Bumblebee? Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it plays some, like you know music that they had to license. I'll say this so far. I mean. I have other feelings about the idea of getting a Transformers movie every year because I think that's a bad idea because I think something yeah. about the Transformers movies I like is that it's not like you have to see them all the time. You just see them once every three years. And for those that like those movies, I think the spectacle of that is enough where it works for sure. every so often as opposed to all the damn time. Um, that said, as far as the Bumblebee movies going, I have seen I know nothing about it as far as what it looks like or what have you, but it is set in the 80s, which I think is something fun. Um, it does have oh. Travis. It has Travis Knight involved, which you know, coming off of Kubo and Leica in general, that's at least an interesting creative voice who yeah. seems to want to do something if he's going to be involved in this. And you know, Haley Steinfeld, she's a confident performer. That'd be it'd be fun to see her interactive. You know, make basically making a Herbie movie in the style of Transformers. That's exactly. Uh, what I was so, like, aren't they just going to make a Herbie movie? <laughs> I mean, but if it's done in the style of Transformers, I'm at least curious. But yes, as I've said. An idea, the idea of having a Transformers movie every year as opposed to every three years is less enticing. So we'll just see. Attacking. But basically what I'm see. saying, Abe, is that no, Transformers movies are not stopping anytime soon. And this will probably bite them in the oh. ass, but we'll see how that goes. Okay. So yeah. Last thing we do here, when should people? what should people go and see in theaters right now? And what do you plan to see next? David, yeah, what should people see in theaters right now? Cars 3. And then I'm gonna see Transformers next. All right. Or and, and Wonder Woman. See Wonder Woman. All right. Abe. Everything that David just said. Exactly. Yeah, I would say Wonder Woman. You could see that. I'd say it comes. I spelled it comes at night with a K. <laughs> In my notes. Because like, probably because I like, just uh, probably, the night. Yeah, probably because yeah. probably because I just wrote Transformers the last night, and so then I wrote it comes at night. It'd be funny if you said if you spelled uh, C O M E instead of like uh, K O M E. I was like, why would you do that? Just K's on the mind. But yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would say Wonder Woman or It Comes at Night. Uh, both very different movies, but certainly the C. And yeah, if The Big Sick does play by you in theaters, I would recommend that for sure. Uh, the next movie I will see is The Beguiled. Actually, the Sofia Coppola uh, film. Who that? Oh, okay. The Sofia Coppola, the one she won Best Director for with Colin Farrell, Nicole Kidman, and Kirsten Dunst. Um, but yeah, Transformers also seeing this week. So got that going for us. Um, so yeah. Um, with all that said, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work at thecodazeek.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can also follow me at Oakley Doakley at Instagram, as well as twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag no drip pan needed. David, yeah, where can people find more of your work online? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm on it's Instagram. relevant <laughs> yes old old man uh, I'm on uh, endorexpress.net and you can find me on Instagram at coyeteboy like just at coyeteboy c-o-h-e-t-e-b-o-y you can find all the other episodes about now Aaron and Abe over on iTunes as well as on Audioboom you can, all, you can also listen to us over at SoundCloud, Podomatic and HHWLOD Feel free to email us any thoughts you may have had about 
Cars 3 or anything else we discussed today at outnotpodcast at gmail.com. Also, you can write on our Facebook wall, facebook.com slash outnotpodcast, or you can tweet at us at twitter.com slash outnot underscore podcast. I'll highlight those last three things again because there is our banner contest. So, yeah, email us or submit to submit us something over on Facebook. That'd be great if you want to enter our Facebook banner contest. Uh, pretty easy if you're you know artistically inclined or just have a fun idea for what we should put on our Facebook page. And uh, lastly, send us plenty of gifts of Owen Wilson making faces in Cars mode at outnotpodcast.tumblr.com. Um, David, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, David. Thank you, guys. This, yeah, this has been fun. And uh, next week we'll see how much the fun lasts when we get to the fifth Transformers movie, but I'm sure we'll have some familiar guests that have talked about Transformers movies with us in the past. So stay tuned for that one, but until next time, so long. And goodbye. Ask the girl what she wanted to be She said, baby, can't you see I want to be famous I start the screen But you can do something in between Baby, you can drive my car Yes, I'm gonna be a star Baby, you can drive my car And maybe I love you This is where we put some of the trailer for Cars 3. Uh, I don't remember how the trailers go. I mean, the teaser trailer is just like the darkest <laughs> Pixar movie ever. Have you ever been riding around your car and then you fall off and tr- I don't know where it goes. Up there. <laughs> pretty good. That's pretty good. I've been, oh, I've been working on my own Wilson. <laughs> what was that George W. Bush? I can't really tell. It's a wow. Kachow. <laughs> does he say wow in this movie? By the way, he does on my no, way. He does on ways. <laughs> Because <laughs> he's he's a voice on Waze right now, so I hear it all he? the time. Yes, he is. Him oh, and oh. him and Jackson Storm, him and Army Hammer, are both voices on Waze. So, Jackson Storm. It's quite wow, entertaining. Lone, Ra- Lone Ranger. Yep, he's there. Wow. Mater, I can't play right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you're my favorite race car driver. Get her done. That's pretty good. I think we can recreate this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I can be Mater. That was pretty good. <laughs> do, 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 do. I don't know what I'm doing. Do, 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 do. Oh, Bill. Oh, Mater, you're crazy. Man. Who's that? It's just still. <laughs> Mater, we're, we're not in Radiator Springs. What? We're not? <laughs> I know we're not. Shoot.